The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Fantasy Football Week 12 Advice. Fantasy football season is here, everybody. Playoff season specifically is what I meant. We are trying to get through um, and, and prime our rosters really for that big push. You're listening to Sean and David on the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. David, how you doing, my man? You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Sean. I'm not doing so well. <laughs> I was under the impression that I was going to be given the week off after every Ravens loss. But <laughs> what, what is this? Three weeks in a row I've been forced to come on and talk football in, in a clearly fragile emotional state. I'm not doing so well, Sean. So one of the things I want to do in the offseason on this uh, on the show, on the network, everything, especially YouTube, if you're catching this on the pod, by the way, it's youtube.com slash the underdog. Check us out, like, subscribe. Um, you know, the people that watch our channel like us. So uh, so join that community. It helps us too. But, but at um, least they're good at lying about it. <laughs> We're going to try to get, um, <laughs> you know, team stuff. Liked. I'd love to get some reactions, some post-loss reactions from you if you can avoid the F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I got those out of my system last week for the Ravens. I, I dropped about ten or twelve of them. So I know, like the um, the patch, the patchwork for that. Um, I don't know if you watched the YouTube clue, <laughs> but it was just like I had to I had to cut you out so that we could you know put it on YouTube and monetize it and all that. So I cut out the F. I know. Basically, all you could hear was J.K. Dobbins, yeah, Andrews, and it looks like the video is skipping and everything. But, dude, look, we got 16 games, um, and these podcasts tend to go long anyway because we really get into it. Um, so let's just dive in. What we're going to do for those listening to the podcast, um, you know, those watching on YouTube, it's not going to be any different. Really, it's not going to feel different. But what we're going to be doing um, on the podcast is we're going to try to feature um, the games that really we're getting the, the most um, – the most, I guess you could say, ratings. Um, we are going to talk about all the games, but we're going to feature a number of them, and then we're going to loop back, and we're still going to feature the other games, but they're not going to be like 10-minute segments like we've been doing all season. They're going to be more like three- to four-minute segments, just kind of quick hit. So we will go through everything. We will talk about all the games, uh, but since we got a full boat here, and David and I talk for a long time every week, and we still got the waiver wire stuff, let's just dig right in. So David, right off the bat, we got Thanksgiving night. Thursday night football, Baltimore Ravens versus Pittsburgh Steelers. Two teams kind of going in different directions, to be honest with you. Uh, now, this is a rematch. Pittsburgh Steelers, 10-0. Uh, Baltimore Ravens fans, they thought they were going to be 9-1 and 10-0 and at this point, let's be honest. And uh, from my point of view, it's it's been what we've been talking about, David, all season. It's the passing game hasn't developed. And what, coming into the season, I know I've made this comment before, but I thought the Baltimore Ravens, we're going to have an ascension in the passing game similar to what we've seen Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills do. Now, maybe it was a limited um, offseason. You know, obviously teams have had a full year to, to really kind of react to Lamar Jackson's MVP season. The talent is still there, but it's downfield passing. When the downfield passing is working, that makes everything easier. It makes the seam routes for Andrews easier. It makes the run game easier. We haven't seen the progression this year. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, look, as we said before the season, they went 8-6 and six without Ben Roethlisberger last year. The defense was ready to make a Super Bowl run. With, Pittsburgh, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger's increased efficiency over like Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, we knew the Steelers were going to be good. I, you know, feather in my cap, I guess, but I did say the Steelers would win the division, and that looks like it's probably a slam dunk to happen at this point, up four games in the loss column on Baltimore with, uh, with a few left here, six left. Now, Pittsburgh um, in Baltimore. Baltimore going on the road. This is a danger game. Baltimore, believe me, they want to win. 
Uh, what did they lose, David, three in a row? I'm not trying to drive drive salt in the wound, but I believe it's three in a, three losses in a row. Am I correct on that? Do I have to answer? <laughs> okay, so that's a yes. <laughs> you know, Baltimore, look, they, they need a win. Um, the wild card is not a slam dunk for them anymore. I still think they'll get it. I still think they're super talented, but Cleveland has now passed them in the division. They need the win. Um, the Miami Dolphins are at six and four. The Tennessee Titans, by the way, are at seven and three. The Las Vegas Raiders are at six and four. They need to win. They need this game more than Pittsburgh needs this game. Pittsburgh is going to be up for this game at home. Pittsburgh always plays better at home. But this is a Ravens-Pittsburgh game. It's going to be close, and I think it will be lower scoring. So let me get to the fantasy football projections, and now, David, I'll let you take it away. Uh, Lamar Jackson, for me, look, it's a tougher matchup, but I think he's a start. I'm staying away from both Pittsburgh's, uh, I'm sorry, all three Baltimore Ravens running backs this week. The trifecta, I'm not into it. Um, I do think Marquise Brown gets a touchdown. That's an upset special, I guess, from from what you're looking at. If you're playing Daily Fantasy on Thursday Night Football, I think you can invest in Marquise Brown. I know that's crazy to say, given what we've seen lately, but I do have him projected to get in the end zone. And then Mark Andrews, I would play, but I don't love the projection. Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, I think he has an okay game. I don't think he has a great game. Um, if you have other options, I'd probably play the other options, honestly. Uh, but, you know, you can play him. Uh, James Conner, I don't... Look, it's the Baltimore Ravens defense. They can still stop the run. I think he'll get in the end zone, but I don't think he's going to have a lot of yards. So if you play him, you're dependent on that touchdown. The receiving game, we're going to see if Juju Smith-Schuster, his toe, if he can go. If he's not, I tend to like three receivers from uh, Pittsburgh anyway. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think Claypool would step up and get most of the targets there. And Deontay Johnson is basically the volume reception guy. Um, so I still like those two roles for them. If Juju's not out, I would be comfortable playing James Washington. I'm going to stay away from Ebron this week. Take it away, David. Sean, you are a cruel, cruel man. <laughs> I come on the show complaining about the fact I don't have the week off after a Ravens loss, that I'm not in an emotional state to talk about the Ravens and what is the first game you bring up. Baltimore <laughs> against Pittsburgh. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off, David. Dang it. I almost dropped another F-bomb there. <laughs> but I got out of my system last week. You know, it, there is some good news in Baltimore. Despite all the losing, at least J.K. Dobbins is being featured now. We, we got a About game time, where, right? For crying out loud. It only took 11 weeks into the season. I mean. yeah. But we got a game where J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews scored in the same game. So I got that going for me, at least. that That'll get me through the week. Just barely. Against the Tennessee Titans defense. But okay. <laughs> hey, look, take look, take the look, wins where you can, right? Look at the schedule down the stretch. It gets even better. But there's still there's still issues in Baltimore mm-hmm. and everybody knows what the issue is. It's Marquise Marquise Brown. I can't even call him as his nickname anymore because he's just it's just not happening yeah. this year. And you don't need me to tell you I mean the statistics He's almost he's actually improved in a yards per game basis from his rookie year. But he was in and out of the lineup. Yeah. His rookie year, he's only averaging two more yards per game. The Injured for a lot of last season, right? Touchdowns have completely dried up. He had seven touchdowns in fourteen games last year. He's got two and ten this year. So the connection's just not there. He yeah. we said it last week. He's a drop. Just let the headache go to someone else's team. If he performs down the stretch for someone else, so be it. He's he's earned the drop at this point i agree jk dobbins i i want to say start him against pittsburgh especially since he didn't just see the lion's share of the 
touches. He saw a lion's share of the snaps. He played 41 snaps this past week against Tennessee. Gus Edwards only had 13. He was in second. So that's that's triple the amount of snaps as the second-place snap getter. Mark Ingram was out-snapped by Justice Hill this past week. Thank, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's time. It's time to be done with Ingram. Keep Ingram on the sidelines. He's he's our our spokesman and our press conference guy <laughs> for, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Let's see what we got in Justice Hill. Heck, he's he's done more than Mark Ingram's really done this year in his, his limited opportunities. So hopefully they feature J.K. Dobbins again. He had 100 yards, 113 yards against the Steelers the first time they played. But again, it's a Thursday matchup, but it's also Thanksgiving matchup. So there's a whole ton of factors going mm-hmm. into to whether you should be high on J.K. Dobbins this week, low on him. I mean, I don't really know where I'm supposed to be with him, to be honest. Um, I so tend to I, I tend to be higher on him in this matchup. Um, I'd like to be, trust me, I would like to yeah. be. I, I, every time I start to get a little bit of enthusiasm about J.K. Dobbins this year, the, the carpet seems to get pulled out from under my feet. Yeah, it's game plan volatility there, for sure. So we'll see. I'd like to see it happen for another week where they show – a two-week commitment that, okay, Dobbins is the guy. He's going to get the touches. He's going to get the snaps. We're going to feature him. So I guess start him, but if you have other options, I don't think there's any any issue with sitting him until you see it happen again for a second week. On the other side, there's not a ton to talk about with the Steelers. They've been pretty consistent other than clearly Deontay Johnson has been one of the most underrated fantasy yeah. wide receivers this year. The injuries have completely um, – skewed the perception of his production this year but when he's been in the lineup healthy he's been a lock for essentially double digit fantasy points the only thing he's not really scoring a ton of touchdowns chase claypool still that touchdown maker he's got 10 touchdowns in 10 games chase claypool so he's still the number one steelers wide out for me in terms of fantasy it's close it's a one a one b one c but i think Right now, it's Claypool, Johnson, and Juju's the number three. It's just been yeah. too much volatility, I think, from from Juju. Too much up and down. So, it's kind of you know the Steelers. I've been watching. Um, I've been watching a lot of Steelers over the last few weeks. Uh, they've just had matchup after matchup that I've been intrigued by, and um, it's really interesting because I think that in crunch time, like it, the gotta have it play, right? You know, like the the Brady. The Brady, the third and seven, you throw to Gronkowski even in, when they're double covered. I see that Roethlisberger favors Claypool for obvious reasons because he's such a big body and a physical freak. And Juju in the gotta-have-it situations. But when it's not a gotta-have-it situation, Deontay Johnson just eats up targets. What did he have, like 11 on 14 yesterday? And he's been in my yeah. fantasy football lineup. I mean, he's he's not... He's scoring like 20 points a week for me, and he's not getting in the end zone, like you said. And when he does get in the end zone, it's like 30 points. So I love this guy, especially for daily fantasy, because he's, it's just volume, and eventually he'll get in the end zone. I think he got down to the one-yard line yesterday. Um, you it know, was Jacksonville. close. It was very close. I think they originally called it a touchdown and then overturned it. And yeah, I mean, and, and it wasn't, long. but, um, you know, once it, that's the funny thing, though, is because if it's like— you know how, how Pittsburgh likes to go empty backfield when it's like, you know, third and five or, or third and goal from the five or something? And when that happens, you know Juju's not getting the ball there. It's, you know, it's it's either a fade or a slant to either Juju or, or Claypool or Ebron. Um, and I can't argue. I'm not arguing against that. I just find it to be an interesting thing. I mean, this guy, this dude, like between the 20s, it's Deontay Johnson. And then once they get in the red zone, it's the other guys. And I'm not, again, I'm not arguing with that because, I mean, hell, I would throw to Claypool as much as I could in those situations too. But uh, interesting dynamic, but it's typical Pittsburgh, man. Like even I'm telling you, James Washington, he's eventually going to move on 
from Pittsburgh, and he's going to be a star receiver on another team. I mean, they just they just have star after star here. Shoot, maybe James Washington will end up in Baltimore in a couple of years. You could you couldn't be hurting for that, would you? At this point, we'll take whatever we can get at wide receiver. <laughs> Suit play. Put me in, coach. Put me hey, in. We coach had a Des Bryant signing too, by the way. He looked not Did he? terrible. He didn't look washed. <laughs> I've been curious because I didn't. Um, I had uh, I had some honeydews in the basement, so I had one game on. I usually I'd usually do the three. Uh, but I had um, I did not have Pittsburgh or I'm sorry Baltimore Tennessee on uh, much to my uh, uh, my dismay because that was a that was a pretty incredible he, he game. He brought but... a little fire too. He was out there yapping. Good. He was vocal. He was. They need hard, that. You know? They do we need do. that. It's we not my favorite thing. You know, it wouldn't be my favorite thing if he was bringing that to the Steelers because they're already so good. But I think the I think the Ravens need almost need that right now. That attitude adjustment. Put, someone, someone to get angry. Exactly, because you know, I mean, they're kind of—I don't want to call them a sleeping giant because they're still good, but they need—they need to feel good about themselves again. They need the confidence. They need to get smacked in the face by by someone on their team, and Des Bryant hopefully smacking some people this week and waking yeah. them up. You know, it's going to be—I think this is going to be just a just a fantastic game because you know the Ravens. We know they're look—they're better than six and four. They are. Um, but they just have, you know, a couple things that they need to tweak. And this is a game, <clears throat> talk about like a confidence builder. It's kind of started the last time when Pittsburgh, you know, covered that spread. Let me hit you with the line on this one because I do think it's interesting. Baltimore, to open the week, Baltimore, um, Bavada has plus three and a half versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who would you take in that game? You know, we lost by four. We lost 28 to 24 the first time these teams played. And this was like three weeks ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. So this would tell you to take Pittsburgh, but Baltimore, man, we need this. We need this, and I, I don't expect us to lose twice to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is – I don't expect them to go undefeated either. It's very tough to do that. This could be the week Pittsburgh comes crashing down. I'll take Baltimore in the points here. Yeah, you know, my Pittsburgh – I did the – in my reaction to the, the Pittsburgh-Jacksonville, um, I went into their schedule. They have games against – well, Baltimore, obviously. They have Buffalo – they have the Colts. Those are like the three. And then, you know what, the Browns to end the season, the Browns are going to need that game prob- probably more than the Steelers will as well. Um, look, man, this is, this is I said this the last time they played. This game, I always chalk this up to be a field goal game. I theorize that this is going to be like a 20-17 to 17 game. I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win, but I'm taking the points in a field goal game in the division you're right, Baltimore's got to have it. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to cover this spread. I don't feel great about it. Like, I'm not actually going to put my money on it. But if we're making picks here, I'm going to take Baltimore as well to cover. I do think Pittsburgh wins at home, but I don't think this is a gimme at all. And I think Baltimore's going to come out with some attitude. And you're right, man, Des, Brown, or Des Bryant, I don't like the chirping usually. The Ravens need a little bit of chirping. They need a little bit of confidence. Let's see what happens. You know, um, it's going to be a good one, man. Let's move it on. We, next game on the list, we got the Arizona Cardinals versus the New England Patriots. Arizona, you know, lost to Seattle. We kind of saw that coming, David. Um, you know, we, we did pick against the Arizona Cardinals. New England, you know, I lost track of that game. They ended up losing, didn't they, to Houston yesterday? Or did they end up winning? It was a touchdown game. They lost 27-20. Ah, oh, man, that's weird. I really thought New England would take care of business in that game. Just odd to I me. I forget who I picked last week. Uh, I could go I back think and I look. Picked, I think I picked Houston, and you mocked me, and you said, it's the pick of the week. The, the Patriots are the pick of the week. And I said, I don't yeah. know. You, know. Uh, you actually did take New England. Maybe I convinced you. Oh, <laughs> I did say pick of the week, though. But uh, look, man, New England. No, they... I think you wrote that one down wrong. You were too high. <laughs> maybe. maybe. We were both on New England. Maybe. Um, look, Arizona, 
Seattle played their best defensive game of the year, <clears throat> and um, and Kyler Murray was relatively held in check. Still had a nice game, but for 2020 Kyler Murray standards, it was you know one of his down games. Which again, it, you know, it wasn't a bad game. It's just I think he gave you like 15 yards on the ground or something like that, and that's been the big difference maker. Now New England has been struggling um, in the last couple of years with mobile quarterbacks, but they did a nice job. Now they were playing in a tropical storm or a hurricane against Baltimore, but they did a reasonable job on Lamar Jackson. However, Kyler. Murray can also throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson. I know as a Ravens fan, that hurts you to hear, David, but, you know, I mean. No, nobody ever questioned that. Yeah. That was always apparent all along. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I find this confusing. It's weird because, you know, Burkhead was carted off the field, and I actually think that makes the Patriots better, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. Arizona, their defense, I like the way they're playing. They're super aggressive, though. Look, if this was the Tom Brady Patriots, I'd say, ah, uh, you know, Brady will get rid of the ball quick and they'll use the blitz against them. Cam Newton, I'm not so sure. So I find that I, I really do find this to be an intriguing matchup. Let me just get to fantasy football stuff here. Uh, Kyler Murray's a definite start. I like Drake more than Edmonds this week. That's not always the case. I do this week. Um, receiving, I actually like Christian Kirk. This is going to sound sacrilege. Analytically, I like Christian Kirk more than I like DeAndre Hopkins this week. Now, if if I had the choice, if I had both of my roster, come on, guys, I'm playing DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just letting you know what the computers are telling me. Uh, but I do like Christian Kirk as maybe a daily fantasy uh, guy this week. He's a nice start for me. Nobody else really from the Cardinals. The Patriots, meanwhile, Cam Newton, it's really dependent on his rushing yards. I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, Arizona likes to play guys in the box. Um, Cam Newton's going to need to make them pay downfield. So maybe that's more of a Jacoby Myers type game for them. Now, what I was mentioning before, with Burkhead out, James White suddenly becomes a lot more interesting again. We're going to see him basically carted out. It's like the, uh, the old Hannibal Lecter thing. They're going to wheel him out. In a, in a dolly, they're going to take his mask off. Well, I guess not because we're dealing with COVID. They're going to keep his mask on. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and the helmet down. But seriously, I, I think the consolidation of, of shares between um, between Damian Harris and James White is good for the Patriots. I really do. And I think we might even see Damian Harris involved, dare I say, in the passing game. Might he catch a pass? He might this week. He caught because... one this past week. He caught <laughs> one. <laughs> I mean, come on, Damian. I've... I've said this, Damian Harris to me was the better prospect coming out of the NFL draft for the, for the NFL than Josh Jacobs. He can catch, and that's the reason why I liked him as a three-down back. The Patriots, come on, use him. Um, Jacoby Myers to me is the guy there in the receiving game. I think it's an intriguing matchup. Anyway, take it away, David. You know, I don't like talking about New England just because it's like talking about Baltimore after a loss. I just I don't like it. I don't like New England in general. I don't like saying anything nice about them. But they did play well offensively this past week and the most important takeaway is that cam newton bounced back 365 passing yards for cam newton and that is huge because other than that one game against seattle early in the season he has been consistently below 200 passing yards against Mm -hmm. baltimore he only threw for 118 so he more than tripled his passing yardage from week 10 to week 11 Another passing touchdown, which he's been struggling to do, only had three on the season. So that's good to see that there's a little bit of life. It makes it more comfortable with Jacoby Myers going forward, even though he only had three for 38. Makes it more comfortable with James White, who you talked about, Rex Burkett. He tore his ACL, so he's done. He's, yeah. the, the cart came out for a reason. It's going to be James White now. And he, he had six for 64. He was tied for the most receptions on the team. Again, this is a weak Houston defense, but 
James White got dropped in a ton of leagues, justifiably so. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk but, about him in waivers, I promise you. Exactly. He's one of the few waiver wire options this week who just yeah. aren't complete garbage. Just a, a little preview for that, the waiver wire segment. It ain't going to be too hot this week, guys. <laughs> I, I hope you made all your moves and filled all, all your team's holes. We had we had two before or, your trade deadline. Two or we th- two or three weeks of gold on waiver wire, and finally, I think people saw the segment and finally picked people up because there were. I built my team, my current team, because of everybody on IR. I have like seven people on IR. I built my team on the waiver wire in the last two weeks, and I'm shredding people. So, but you know, a lot of that's gone now. James White though is is going to be fantastic. But I like James White, and and I like Myers again because again we're talking about the Cardinals. Game script factor. Who's going to be winning this game? And is anybody outside of New England projecting New England to win this game? No, I don't think so. So that's good for the pass catchers. That's good for James White. That's good for Jacoby Myers. Um, I'm not sure if it's good for Cam Newton. I think he's probably a better fantasy asset in games where they're playing from ahead. But it's good for the pass catchers. The Cardinals have allowed more fantasy points than the Texans this season, who they just played this past weekend. Cam Newton, 365 yards again. So it's a better matchup. So I do think there will be life in the New England Patriots passing game for another week. For the Cardinals, you pretty much know what to do. Like you said, Kirk, if you have better options, you consider it. If not, you're you're rolling the dice on these guys every week for the most part. Whether he has a great game, good game, somewhere in between, not a good game, who knows. Chase Edmonds has been consistent. You continue to start him again. I think you're right. It's probably more of a Drake game where they play from ahead. But Edmonds has been involved. I wouldn't yeah. just use this as justification to sit him just because right. they're projected to play from ahead. All right, let me hit you with the line here. Bavada has Arizona minus 2.5 versus New England. Who would you take there? Minus 2.5, that's it? Minus 2.5. Give me the Cardinals. You know, I think this is going to be a closer game. I think the Cardinals win. I wrote down New England, but I think you're swaying me towards Arizona. So maybe maybe I'll do a segment later in the week. I'm going to— That's not much. Two and a half isn't much, but the way— You're right. Kyler Murray will bounce back. Long week. They played on Thursday. They get 10 days to prepare for this game. You know, it's just one of these New England things. Like, I I think that—I think that the the Cardinals blitz— could be neutralized offensively. I, I really am just more interested in it in any way. I'm going to stay the heck away from this and picking a game. I, you know, just for just for rating's sake, I'll take New England. Because I, I did rate down... Tw- <laughs> I wrote down 26-24. Um, you know, Arizona has to bounce back, but I think it might be one of these things where everybody expects Arizona to bounce back and win by, like, 15, and then they eke out a win on the and road in Foxborough. they been playing better football. They're still alive. They're still yeah. desperate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. We got the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Raiders uh, Sunday Night Football played fantastic. Uh, they, they did. Now, the defense is always an issue. It's it's going to be their Achilles heel. We've been saying this about like the Baltimore passing game. It's that's the Achilles heel of Baltimore right now. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders they just give up a lot of points. Although, look, I think the Kansas City Chiefs were sharp last night. I, um, you know, on Sunday Night Football, and I think they played a really nice game. I'm not going to fault the Raiders, man. They played a really good game, and I'm really impressed by the passing game. And they don't have, in my opinion, a ton of elite weapons, but Aguilar is playing better. And this is the Gruden factor, man. Gruden just gets more out of players. I've loved from the get-go the run game of Josh Jacobs. They're bringing in Devontae Booker. What I like about this is he has an established, um, an established role. He's there to give... 
Josh Jacobs um, some rest. Every couple of series, he'll come in, he'll give him a breather. I don't like when teams, like the Rams, for example, say, hot hand, hot hand. You know, who had the offensive line in the first series of the game open a hole that, a, that you could drive a Mack truck through? He's got the hot hand. Anybody can do that. The Raiders know, look, Josh Jacobs is our bread and butter. Let's keep him fresh for the fourth quarter because if we're within a score, we're going to run down their throats and win the game. And when that, when the Raiders got the ball back, by the way, David, with six minutes left, I thought they're going to roam Jacobs and they're just going to keep running and keep running. And they're going to score a touchdown with like 15 seconds left and it's going to be over. And what ended up happening is the Raiders just scored too quick. I think Jacobs went out with a stinger. Then they started passing a little bit more. And Carr is... Look, I, I've been critical of Carr. I gotta, I gotta say, you know, Raiders have been coming back and challenging us on these on these segments. He's playing great football. He really is. Aguilar, they're getting a lot out of him. Rugs, we wanted to see more from Rugs, and maybe he'll ascend to that. We're just not getting it this year. Waller, because they're able to hit these guys deep, even Rugs without going crazy like we thought in fantasy, he's still a difference maker on the field, and they still take shots to him. That opens stuff up for Waller. It's just a really good team. Are they good enough defensively to make a deep playoff run? In my opinion, no. But they're a playoff team. Um, six and four, and they have a nice schedule to end the year. I think, by the way, week 16, David, they played the Miami Dolphins. That could honestly be a play-in game. I said the same thing last year about the Raiders versus the Titans, and it ended up working out that way. We're going to see. Um, Atlanta Falcons, they're playing better, but you know, New Orleans, Taysom Hill... You know, New Orleans, when Breeze is out of the game, their defense that's really talented finally takes starts to take ownership. So I'm not too horrified by that. Atlanta can still score points, but who the heck knows what's going there? Let me get you with fantasy football projections. Carr's a start for me this week. If you're hurting that quarterback, pick him up off of waivers. We're going to be talking about him in the waivers. Pick him up and start him. He's a great start this week. Jacobs is a start. Um... Receiver-wise, if you're going to start a receiver from the Raiders, I guess you start Aguilar. I don't like it, but Waller, to me, this week is a slam dunk, okay? Uh, Atlanta, meanwhile, Matt Ryan, I think he's a start as well. Todd Gurley, turd godly as I call him. I don't love him, but I think he's going to get the volume. I actually think he'll get in the end zone this week so you can start him. I hate when I I say that, but you know I know Falcons fans love their Todd Gurley, but he's just, eh, whatever. He's like David Montgomery in Chicago to me. Everybody's always like, you know, you know. Let's let's defend the running back who gets me two yards of carry. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know, he went to University of Georgia. The Falcons fans love him. I know he's from that area. Um, receivers, you can start any of the three receivers that play for for the Falcons. Um, whatever the top three uh, receivers are, I did notice that Zacchaeus actually overtook Russell Gage in the depth chart. Did you see that, David? Not sure if. If that registered I to did you, not. if that's the case, if that's check the depth chart, if that's still the case, um, that's a great daily fantasy play. I think this week, I wouldn't probably put him in my lineup, but daily fantasy wise, you could do that. And then Hayden Hurst, I still like him a little bit, but if you can, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, if you can find better options in the waiver wire, but you can't this week, unless Dallas Goddard's still available in your league. Uh, but anyway, take it away, David. I'm just going to start with the Raiders because this game against Kansas City in primetime was a microcosm of Derek Carr's entire career. And I've been Mm -hmm. higher on Derek Carr than most. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of hatred for comparing him to Drew. I got him discount Drew Brees, Drew Brees in the offseason. Actually, you know, that's a that's a really nice that's a really nice comparison analytically. It looks looks good better now. During the offseason people didn't like it hearing it too much. (laughs) But he has played you said it fantastic football this year. And right up until that last drive he was playing fantastic football. But this is what Derek Carr does. 
He plays unsexy football. And I tweeted this right after what looked like possibly the game-winning touchdown. 19 to 2 intercept touchdown to interception ratio this year. 19 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio this mm-hmm. year. And then I said, respect Derek Carr, period. 90 seconds later, Chiefs score. Derek Carr gets back to his game ending interception. That was just horrifically ugly. Threw it up into grabs. There was no chance on that play. You know what I have? At least where he threw it. You know what I haven't been hearing this season that we've been hearing for the last few years is privately Gruden being frustrated with Derek Carr and and let's see who's in free agency and let's see what backup quarterbacks we can trade for and all this stuff. I haven't been hearing that this year. Um, I think he's and that's a big deal. I, I really think he's won Gruden over with his play and he does. My big my big and chief cons, um, criticism coming in this year is we saw the tape two years ago, like Gruden's first or second. I think it was his first year. Amari Cooper was still there streaking wide open and Carr wouldn't take the shot. He would check it down. That's not the case this year, man. He is pushing the ball downfield, and I was bringing that old criticism in, and I got it at, like, Raiders fans that are watching that. I'll be honest with you. I read I read the comments, and I went back and watched with kind of new eyes on, and, you know, if, if, you, take, if you take the car stigma out of it and just overlay efficiency versus efficiency— you know, baby discount Drew Brees is a really nice comparison. It really is. And, and I mean, curiously, you can win curiously, games like that. You say he's taking the deep, shot, deep shots. Curiously, they're going to uh, Nelson Aguilar and not Henry Ruggs. Or not so curiously, if you're like uh, most yeah. of us out there who were not very high on Henry Ruggs as a fantasy asset this year. But Nelson Aguilar, he said it last week, and I shook him off because he had a down game. But yeah, he is the Raiders wide receiver to own in fantasy this year. He's He's been putting up touchdowns at least in a lot of games he's been inconsistent but should actually caught that touchdown to go up he was interfered with open in the end zone almost pulled it down but that's really it for the Raiders Jacobs Waller I guess in deep leagues Aglor talk about rugs drop him why haven't you dropped him yet Um, on the other side we'll talk about the team the Raiders are facing the Falcons Matt Ryan, why is he still on your roster in a one-quarterback format? I do not know. You know what to do with the Falcons. You sit Matt Ryan. You start Calvin Ridley. Should have traded Julio Jones. And if you you didn't take that chance to trade Todd Gurley while he was scoring all these touchdowns on a a horrible yards per carry, I don't know what you were doing. He should have been off your roster already, too. So you know what to do with the Falcons. I hope you don't have too much invested in that team because they've just been brutal this year. Yeah, speaking of invest, I think they're a good uh, they're a good source for daily fantasy <clears throat> cheap guys at the wide receiver position this week. Um, let me hit you with the line here, man. So the Las Vegas Raiders, according to Bavada, minus three versus the Atlanta Falcons. Who you got? They almost just beat the Chiefs for the second time. For the second time. We talk about this all year. The Raiders are not getting the respect they deserve in the spreads. And Atlanta has been brutal. Give me the Raiders. Easy. I, I would like to pick this game. You know, I haven't looked I haven't looked again, uh, at the record against the spread the last two years. You're talking about not getting respect. It, it go, comes from sports books, too. And that sports book respect really comes from setting a price based on fan community. Um, you know, I've, I've done segments with, you know, sports books before and how they, they set the line. And really what they do is it's not where, you know, they don't do the old school thing where they try to set the line and try to get 50% of the action here and 50% of the action here. It's now kind of like BOGO shopping. They, they've tried to set a line to get action and that's it. And, um, and the line to get action, uh, you know, people want to bet on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, getting three points here. And with that offense, I can see how you'd get there. But the Raiders just covered. They covered last night, by the way, in that loss. They just always cover 
They're always in every game. I don't love the defense for a championship run this year. They need some pieces. They need to get some stuff together. But I'm not going to pick against them. Now, if they beat the Chiefs, I would say this would be a trap game. They're going to be ready to go in this game. I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Raiders all day. I'm taking Raiders all day in this one. Next game on the list, man, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. Nice offense. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Buffalo Bills. And um, yeah, dude, like I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Buffalo coming off the bye week. I'm going to be interested to see coming off the bye week is the defense going to be better for the Buffalo Bills. Justin Herbert, slam dunk rookie quarterback. His only knock on him is that he's not a, a vocal leader. Well, find your leadership somewhere else in the locker room. You know, maybe Keenan Allen will be the leader there. I don't care. And maybe he'll grow into that. But again, I don't care. He's playing incredible football. I love Justin Herbert. He might be my favorite rookie quarterback, David. He might be. He um, should be. He should be. And uh, he's the only rookie quarterback I didn't buy the freaking rookie card of before the season, as I talked <laughs> about was... last week. Brought one of the most underrated. You're right. Quarterback, especially just in his fantasy and real life, and in recent memory, I can't think of one unless you talk about Lamar Jackson. The number six year. pick in the draft, and nobody talked about him. We got more talk about Jordan Love and being the, bro- the backup. I'm as guilty as anyone. Yeah, me too. That. Me too. I didn't care about Justin Herbert at all. My gosh, I, I mean, and this team, this team. I mean, in retrospect, it, hindsight's 2020, man. Like. Tarod Taylor starts the year, and and that's maybe that's part of it is because he starts the year. If he didn't get his lung punctured by the Chargers medical staff, I mean, he might it might have taken him like eight games to uh, to, to overtake this thing. But he got With in the there. Commitment we heard from Anthony Lamb, he might have given him the whole dang season. I know, man. And the, and then he comes in and he balls out against the Chiefs in that game, and he's been balling out ever since. Like people have tape on him now, and he's still shredding people. And the, the I mean, I just really like this Chargers offense. The defense, interestingly, and it's the same with the Buffalo Bills, by the way. You come into the season thinking the Chargers and the Bills are going to be more defensive-minded teams. Now you look at this, and what did I just say? I said it's going to be a high-scoring game is, is what I think. But anyway, let's get to the fantasy stuff. Look, Herbert, start him, right? Uh, Allen on the other side, you start as well. But Herbert, you start him. Um, we're going to see if we're going to get Eckler back this week. Reports are that he could be back this week. We'll see. I like two running. I like Balage and Eckler together. For the record, as we talked about in recent weeks, I do like both of them. Either way, if you don't have them, start Balage. If Eckler's out of the lineup, you start Balage only. If Eckler is in the lineup, I start both of them. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm, well, I guess fortunately, but I have Balage and Eckler on my roster. So if he's activated, I got to figure out what the heck to do there because I don't want to play both of them in my lineup. I need some. I need some diversification, David. Um, you start at this point, Allen, you got to start Keenan Allen at every point. Um, I like, you know, that they took a lot of deep shots early in the season, uh, to Mike Williams and now they're starting to connect on him more. I like Mike Williams, um, this week. That's more of a daily fantasy than, than fantasy football play. But if you don't have any other options and you scoop Williams up off of waivers in recent weeks, that's cool with me. Um, I don't like anybody else for the chargers, including actually, no, I take that back. Hunter Henry, I have a really nice projection on this week. So I would start him. Uh, let's see. Josh Allen, definitely a start. Running back, I'm curious, again, the bye week, we've seen this with J.K. Dobbins, we've seen it with Swift, the rookie running back, is it going to be volume for Zach Moss this week over Devin Singletary? I don't know, I do start one of those running backs, so flip a coin, do whatever you um, you would like at this point, pay attention to the depth chart, um, but I do think one of these running backs should be started. You start um, two receivers from the Bills, um, I'm not sure what the status of John Brown's injury is after the bye week, but you definitely start Diggs, if it's not John Brown... Um, I would actually start Gabriel Davis. And then, by the way, Cole Beasley is a start every week. So I actually take that back. I'm going to start three Buffalo Bills wide receivers. Nobody else. Take it away, David. 
uh, if John Brown's out, you start both Davis and Beasley. So I don't think that's a bad call. Yeah. But I want to talk about the Chargers first because I don't get it. I mean, I guess I do get it, but I don't. I don't get it because people are just so ready to say terrible things about Kalen Balazs. They just want him to yeah. fail so much, and I don't get it because. After this game, he averaged only 2.8 yards per carry against the Jets, and people came out of the woodworks back again to tear him back down. <laughs> this guy barely on the upswing, and people just want to tear him back down. Oh, I told you he was garbage. I told you how awful he was. Why did you ever believe in Kalen Balaj? People are just so spiteful for, I, I guess, like 90% of Twitter drafted him in at least one league last year and he found them because everybody hates this guy and everybody's rooting for him to fail. And I don't think it's fair because 16 for 44, only 2.8 yards per carry. One, he got hurt on the first play of the game, limped off, came back and played mm -hmm. for the rest of the game, all right? Still 16 for 44, not impressive on the box score. What did the other running backs do? Mm -hmm. Troy Main Pope, three carries for four yards. Joshua Kelly, four carries for minus two yards. This was not a Kalen Balage problem. <laughs> yeah, that, you're right. Guys, can, can you can you be real here for a minute? Stop trying to tear him down just because you hate the guy and look at the actual facts here. Kalen Balage was not the issue here. And he was still he's still RB sixteen on the week. I know. I had him in my lineup. I did just and fine. People, People are tearing him down because of this 2.8 yards per carry. All right, he still caught seven passes, handled almost all of the touches. You look at what the other running backs did with their receptions. Joshua Kelly, two for four. Troy Main Polk, two for 12. They weren't efficient on a yards per reception basis either, guys. This was a function of the offense, not a function of Kalen Balaj. To me, these are these are people that drafted Joshua, either people that drafted Balaj and got hurt last year, or the people that drafted um, Joshua Kelly this year and keep trying to argue that Kelly is, is a better. When Justin Jackson is ahead of him in the depth chart, when Kalen Balaj is ahead of him in the depth chart, and he could not even hold a candle to Eckler when he's on the you depth chart. You know what chart. it is, Sean? You yeah. know what it is, Sue, more than anything? It's all of the people who didn't take Kalen Balaj seriously when when I was screaming to pick him up two weeks ago yeah. and who missed out on two fantastic fantasy games from him and now are just celebrating the fact that he didn't go off on someone else's roster. Didn't go off, but he was still 15, top 15, top 16 running back, right? Just so, RB16! Yeah. And these people are out here taking victory laps about how bad Kalen Balaj is. Give me a friggin' break, guys. Give me a break. Kalen Balaj is still seeing a ton of yeah. work. He's still better than any running back on that team, not named Austin Eckler. Even if Austin Eckler comes back this week, you're saying you don't know which one. You got to go with Kalen Balaj. We don't know how many touches. That yeah, that's the thing. First game back. Yep. And you got to expect he's going to be limited. Buffalo has been not good against the run. So do not just throw away Kalen Balaj, guys. Do not just bury him for dead again because of one poor game. <clears throat> I'm not dropping Blush. I will not drop Blush, especially if you're in Keeper or Dynasty. Remember, free agency matters, and he's a 230-pound running back with good vision and can catch the ball. That's, I mean, it's not Four easily replicated. Speed. Yeah, I mean. You don't find size-speed combos like that other no. than the Jonathan Taylors and Antonio Gibsons and Kalen Balazs. Yeah. So let's, let's give this guy a little bit more than three games, actually see how it plays out and not just bury him for Agreed. dead. I think I've spent enough time with Caleb Balazs. Yeah. I won't spend too much time more. I'll just say one more thing I want to mention. Hunter Henry, mm. I feel good. I've made some terrible calls this year and some good calls. I feel really good about the Hunter Henry call from two weeks ago because we talked about it. Yes, we did. He he was involved 
every week. And through the first eight games, I don't believe he had a touchdown. He had three touchdowns through the first eight games, sniped by Donald Parham and <laughs> yep. Virgil Green. Yep. And we said it two weeks ago. I, I, we questioned it. There's no way. There's no way they can keep stealing these touchdowns forever, right? There's no way. What do you know? Past two weeks, Hunter Henry in the end zone. I know I'm excited to hear that. I know you're excited that your projection model is was actually correct. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That it was just Virgil Green and Parham stealing and mucking it all up. And he's got a great schedule down the stretch. Atlanta, Denver, and Las Vegas the last three games during the fantasy playoffs. So Hunter Henry, I'm, I'm all in on him again. And I think he's a great buy if you can still have him in Dynasty because he's tethered to Justin Herbert. He's, he's 25. He was drafted with the 35th overall pick. He's finally healthy. This guy's got everything you want in a tight end. So I think he's a great buy. There's still a window open to get this guy on your team at a decent price. Um, look, you know, Buffalo, I, I, again, I'm really curious because Buffalo, my thing about them is the, are they ready to make the deep playoff run? <clears throat> and my question, again, surprisingly, is the defense. Like, can the defense get it together? They've had a week to think about it. We've seen this happen, like, especially with McDermott. He's a really good coach. Like, I, I, I think the Buffalo defense is going to be better. However, I don't think it'll be noticeable because the Chargers offense is very good. So I, I, I'm i going to be curious to watch this game and see if there's indeed improvement there. Let me hit you at the line here. Bavada has the Los Angeles Chargers plus six versus the Bills. Who would you take? I I think I want to take the Chargers here. I'm smelling a shootout, and I, I tend to err towards the teams coming off a of bye. But something about Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert just screams close shootout, last team with the ball wins. I I completely agree with you. When I wrote down my projection today, my 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 predicted the score, I had Buffalo 36, Chargers 34. I believe Buffalo wins this game. I think it's closer than is comfortable. And I think that's one of these things that Bills fans, you're going to be panicking about the defense after the bye week, like I was just saying. But I think Bills win. I think we give some credit to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think this offense is too good to be getting six points. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but I will also take the Los Angeles Chargers. Moving on, we got the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Jets. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, we talked about this last week, right? Um, they're finally the favorites, right? They're the big dogs. They'd won, I think, five in a row or something like that. Um, they go on the road in Denver, mile high, um, which I know you don't have the uh, the big fans base there at this point, thanks to you know the, the restrictions and the crowd sizes and all that. Uh, but still, you're going to Denver, you're traveling, you're on the road. The Denver Broncos are a team that plays well coming from behind, and um, the Miami Dolphins had been really just dominating people defensively. I felt like this was a danger game for Miami. I did pick them and said, look, if Miami's for real, they're going to cover the spread, so I picked Miami because I think they're going to be a playoff team. But I'm also not surprised that Denver took care of business. And I'm not going to freak out about it either. I don't think the sky's fallen by any means. But it's interesting that they took Tua um, out of the lineup based on performance. Although I don't disagree with that decision to go to Fitzpatrick. It's one of these things I was confused by, intrigued by, when they made the decision when they were kind of on a, ro uh, a roll there. Moving from Fitzpatrick, who's playing well in a system that... Um, and Chan Gailey, he'd been in that system for years with the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. He, he, there's a familiarity there. I found it odd that they went to Tua. Again, don't disagree with it. Don't disagree from taking Tua out now, but Tua will be the starter next week. Um, the Jets, I was curious to see coming off a of bye week, were they going to cover against the Chargers? Uh, maybe the Jets go winless this season. I don't know. I think it's a get-right game for Miami. I think, 
I think Miami, having lost that game, I, th- I think they'll come back and get it together. So let me just get you with fantasy football projections. Tua, honestly, I would start him this week. I, I-, I feel fine with that, even after the bad game last week. Running back there, I still go with Salvan Ahmed. I think he'll have a nice bounce back game as well. Receivers, I don't love the receivers, but if I'm going to pick one, obviously it's going to be Preston Williams with respect to Jakeem Grant. Um, Gesicki, I actually do have projected. I don't love Gesicki, but I do have him projected to get in the end zone. So if you're in a hurt or if you're in a pinch and you're looking to stream a tight end, and you're looking for somebody off of waivers, Gesicki could be the guy again. You know, it kind of makes me want to throw him, throw up in my mouth a little bit, but there you go. New York Jets, uh, am I starting anybody? Crowder and um, nobody else for me this week against the Miami Dolphins defense. It's Crowder or Bust for me for the Jets. Take it away, David. Well, I will say Preston Williams, I believe, is oh, going to be inactive again. He missed this past week, yeah. so I believe he's going to miss another week. But I don't think you're starting Jakeem Grant. I just I think it's pretty clear what you do with the Dolphins against the Jets. You start Tua, and again, this I think you have to double down on Tua. It's the Jets, guys. It's the Jets. You yeah. start them again. It doesn't matter what happened against Denver. And Denver has had their moments on defense this year. Jets, those moments have been few and far in between. So you're starting Tua. You're starting Ahmed, who saw the majority of the work again. Even with Breda playing, he saw 12 attempts to Breda's two. Five receptions for 31 yards. He scored eight PPR points just catching the ball, Ahmed. So he's absolutely a start against the Jets. And then Devontae Parker, who's been really the only receiving weapon uh, with two-hour quarterback that that you can rely on. So you know what to do with the Dolphins. Um, On the other side, we got the Jets, who you know what to do as well. You sit everybody, so it's pretty (laughs) simple. Um, But the one thing that I would take away from the Jets, there's not a whole lot to cover. One P. Ryan, I believe, got hurt. So that makes Frank Gore in deeper leagues, I guess. He's facing Miami, his former team, so we got a revenge game narrative there. And the other takeaway is that Jameson Crowder is not Joe Flacco's wide receiver. He's not. Mm. He is Sam Darnold's wide receiver. In Jameson Crowder's past two games with Joe Flacco, he's got two receptions for 26 yards and a touchdown, only two targets against New England. Went into the bye, came out of the bye. Three targets this past game, one reception, 16 yards. That's it. Two PPR points. On the other hand, look at Brashad Perriman and what he's done with Joe Flacco. Mm. Five for 101 and two touchdowns on seven targets against New England. Two for 54 and another touchdown this past week against L.A. on four targets. So he's out-targeted Jameson Crowder in both of those games with Joe Flacco, our quarterback. He's been targeted down the field. And he's got three touchdowns in the past two games with Joe Flacco, our quarterback. So am I picking him up in a redraft league? Hell the heck no. But daily fantasy, I mean, yeah, I guess, maybe, maybe. He definitely, he's a better, better value than Crowder, I think, at this point. And I definitely wouldn't pay up or start Crowder in any league as long as Joe Flacco's that quarterback. So let me hit you with the line in this one. Bavada has Miami minus seven versus the Jets. Who would you take? I'm going to take Miami. I don't think seven is crazy. Coming off that loss, I mean, that's that's a, that's a loss that a young team would take. And I think they're in the bottom three in terms of age, meaning they're the youngest team. Uh, one of the bottom, uh, the, the three youngest teams in the league, the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's character-building week. I think they'll come back and they'll come back strong. I really don't think the defense played awful. The, the, the offense, 
you know, Denver was just doing some some things. And Fangio, you got to give give it up to Fangio. I mean, he had a nice game plan against Miami. I think they'll bounce back. I think the Jets are going to try to do what the Arizona Cardinals did. A lot of disguise blitzes, a lot of empty blitzes, and all that. And Tua played just fine against the Arizona Cardinals a couple weeks ago. I like I like I like the Miami Dolphins this week to bounce back. So I also take the Dolphins. Uh, we have a division matchup. Uh, winner of this game leads the division. We have the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Titans, big win yesterday in overtime, but the Colts, I've been, look, I, I picked with respect to Tennessee Titans fans because I really do like Tennessee and hell, they're seven and three. Both of these teams are seven and three right now. I picked the Indianapolis Colts to win the division and I picked the, the Tennessee Titans to, to be a wild card team. So that kind of gives you, a, I'm not surprised by Indianapolis. Now I thought Phillip Rivers would start the season a little bit better, um, a little bit faster, but as David and I talked about in recent weeks, the, the Colts are playing more of a pass approaching game. Rivers has acclimated with Reich, and since that has happened, the Colts have been on a tear. They're also getting healthier on their already elite defense. I like the Colts. I still do. And the Colts are at home, but this is a big game. The question here, it's always just going to come down to the Tennessee Titans defense. Can they get it together enough? Because they're already a playoff team. Can they get it together enough to be an elite team this season? I don't think last year was a fluke, but losing it was a, um, they lost a key uh, a linebacker yesterday to the season, the elbow injury. That sucks. Um, so we're going to see what happens here. In terms of daily fantasy, Ryan Tannehill got dropped in a lot of leagues. I can't figure that out. Although I think you can you know, probably start other people, you could definitely scoop him up off the waiver wire and play. I, he should not be dropped, everybody. Uh, Derrick Henry, you play every week. A.J. Brown, what a – dude, man. What a what a touchdown at the end of that game there, David. Holy And, and the regulation, I mean. That um, was a tough game for me to root for because I have Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown in yeah. like 100% of leagues. But or at least AJ Brown, I have less Derrick Henry, but yeah. I'm a Rams fan, so I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, Corey Davis is a start. I actually have a decent projection on Humphreys, but I stay away, honestly, uh, from Humphreys this week. And Jonu Smith, I actually think, has a tougher game this week against the Colts. For the Colts, Phillip Rivers, look what he's been doing the last month, everybody, for crying out loud. It's not the first quarter of the season. Like, there's a reason he started slow, and it's a measurable reason. He's playing better now. I think he's a start this week. Um, he's playing the Tennessee Titans defense, who hasn't been playing well. Do I think Jonathan Taylor finally got some volume against the Packers, right? Um, now, he kind of laid an egg against Tennessee the last time. Is this a Naheem Hines game? Is this a Jordan Wilkins game? Is it a Jonathan Taylor game? Are they going to sign somebody off the practice squad and play? I don't know, but the opportunities there in the run game, I am going to favor, gosh, I don't know. I'm going one way or another as we talk. I'm going to favor Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to double down on him, but we'll see. David, I'll let you clean that up. Um, look, I've been saying this for weeks, and he's still out there. He's still available. Michael Pittman Jr., everybody. What the hell are you waiting on? Pick him up. He's not Chase Claypool, but he's almost as big, and he has a quarterback that maybe isn't playing as well as Roethlisberger. But you can make the argument in recent weeks he's been playing better than Roethlisberger. Pick up Pittman for crying out loud. You can miss out on Claypool like everybody else. You have Claypool Jr. out there on waiver wire. Pick him up for crying out loud. Um, and then you pick up ten, uh, Indi Indianapolis, we've been talking about in recent weeks. Indianapolis tight end. Who is it? Allie Cox? Doyle? Burton? This last week it's Burton. Take your pick. Roll your dice. You got a one in three chance. But Indianapolis tight end will score. So pick that person up. And good luck to you. Actually, it, it was David. two and three because Burton and Doyle both scored. Oh, did they? Past, <laughs> past week against there you go. Green Bay. So two out of three chance, 67%. Better chance than you think. I guess you, you keep cam, uh, gambling on the Colts tight ends because do you really have any other options? I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's tough. You roster them at least. Don't release them. Keep Burton rostered. Keep Mo Alley Cox. Jack Doyle's releasable. Really, really he shouldn't be on any rosters. But Burton and Cox... 
just hold on to it and hope that one of them emerges. And we've been saying this for a while now, yeah. but it's or really get, probably going to Or gets injured non-seriously. But it's it, going to take an injury yeah. for, for it to happen. You're right. But you don't have many other choices. You're right. This is Higby and Everett in, in, in the Rams. So you got to wait for you got to wait for a consolidation of targets. Yeah, it, it's it's a tough situation to be in. It, all around, I mean, with the Colts, because like you said, we finally get the, a game out of Jonathan Taylor where he seems to take back control of that backfield. Twenty-two attempts, ninety yards against Green Bay. Jordan Wilkins only four attempts. Naheem Hines only six attempts. How many catches course, did Hines have? Do you have that up? He Hines had three catches for 31 yards. It's so bizarre Jonathan to me. Taylor had four for 24, so he had more receptions than Hines. Rotating as well. these guys around like crazy. But it's now he gets goes back and faces the Tennessee team who had an absolute dud against two weeks ago yeah, in Thursday night football. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, right when you want to have faith, it's kind of like it's I'm I'm at where I'm at with J.K. Dobbins. It's I a leap of faith. It. I want to see it happen twice. I've taken leaps of faith with both of these guys all year, and yeah, every time right. I've done it. It's it's gone very poorly to say the least. So I guess Jonathan Taylor, I guess he's a start. If you have better options, don't feel afraid to bench him again. Make him make him earn it a little bit right now. Make make them give him the ball two games in a row before yep. we commit to him. Michael Pittman, I like him a lot. Uh, I'm more willing to start him at wide receiver than I am willing to start JT at running back this week because mm-hmm. he t- he tore up the Titans the first time they played. He had seven for 101 i believe seven for 101 and also a rush for 21 yards and that he looked pretty good on that rush too as an end around so he is the number one wide receiver to own right now in indianapolis ty hilton is dust he is complete dust yep he had three for 36 i don't believe he's surpassed 80 yards in a game all season ty hilton so michael pittman's the one to own and we talked about rivers he's on espn He's the 32nd most rostered quarterback right now. He's the least wanted starting quarterback in the entire NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo and Gardner Minshew are rostered in more leagues than Phillip Rivers right now. He's thrown 10 touchdowns in his past four playable matchups. We're just going to throw out the Baltimore matchup because absolutely nobody should have been starting him in that matchup. But look at the past four four games other than that. Cincinnati, 44 attempts, 371 yards, three touchdowns. Detroit. 262 yards, three touchdowns. Tennessee, uh, two weeks ago, 308 yards, a touchdown. Green Bay this past week, 288 and three touchdowns. And it's the attempts. He didn't go above 30 in three of the first four games, below 30. Mm -hmm. The past five, or six, I should say now, 33, 44, 33, 43, 39, 36. The passing volume has come up. They're finally trusting Phillip Rivers. And then look at the schedule after Tennessee this week. Houston, Las Vegas, and Houston before they finish up with Pittsburgh week 16. But he's a great, great, I hate to say, he's a great pickup in, in super flex leagues, especially where he still might be available. In one QB leagues, maybe he's worth the stream as well. He's hot right now. Yeah, They're passing the ball more. He's got good matchups. I mean, you could do worse than Phillip Rivers. And he definitely in daily fantasy, he, he becomes uh, mm-hmm. someone worth considering. Yeah, absolutely. So let me hit you up the line here, man. Um, and both of these quarterbacks, again, Tannehill, both of these guys are underrated for fantasy football purposes. But uh, Bovada has Tennessee plus three and a half at Indianapolis. Who you got? I definitely don't want to pick this game. I'm, I'm going to pick the Titans to get a little bit of revenge here, though. 
I'm going to stick with the Colts at home. I just think the defense, you know, the defense is getting better and the offense is getting better. And I really like the Tennessee Titans. I do. And, um, and I think they're a team that's built for the playoffs. The defense has to get better. And so when I say offensively, they're, I would say they're about equal. I would say defensively, Indianapolis is ahead of Tennessee right now significantly. And because of that, I'll take them there. Although as a better, I would not give the the extra half point. I would I would hope that this game gets bet down to three points, so I wouldn't actually take this and put my money on it. But I'll take the Colts. They're playing good football. Um, I'm going to double down. Now, um, if the, this, this is huge for the Titans because you can't go down two losses in the division against Indianapolis because then you have to finish. They're effectively, they even though they're in the win-loss column, they go down one game, they're effectively down two games um, because they can't leapfrog unless they finish with a better record. So big game, man, big game. Uh, another division matchup. we got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 49ers coming off a of bye week. They're still going to have Mullins. We think we'll have Mostert back. We think he'll be activated. The Los Angeles Rams, just to let everybody know, we have not watched Monday Night Football because we record these on Monday morning. Uh, so I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm assuming that that Rams-Tampa Bay game is going to be relatively close. And uh, David and I predicted last week that it would be a defensive-minded game. Who the heck knows if we're right? You can let us know and comment and make fun of us or say, hey, good, good job when you watch this video because we really don't know. Probably but, the making fun of us. Yeah, prob- probably. <laughs> Look, the, the Los Angeles Rams, I believe, are just a, they're led by their defense at this point. Um, you know they're going to want to run the ball. Um, San Francisco... Look, they're they, they're injured. They're just have crazy injuries on both sides of the ball. You know we know about it already. But their defense is still a reasonable defense. I think they'll make the run game a little bit harder on the Rams. I still don't love Mullins, but it helps that he had a bye week. You know, it helps that they have two weeks to game plan for this Rams game. It's not a comfortable thing for them. The line's going to be interesting when I get it to you, but let's get in the fantasy stuff. I stay away from Mullins. Mostert, oh gosh, I feel bad about. I have him on my team. I don't know. I have a lot in the lineup. I, I might just go receiver heavy this week and see if Mostert can play, I don't know, more than two quarters. Because the last five times I've had in the lineup, he's left the game early. So I don't know if I want to leave myself open to that. But I do have him as a startable grade if he can make it the way through. Um, I'm going to stay away from everybody else. I, I really respect the Rams' um, defense here. Other than tight end, and as we talked about last week, I think that's going to be Jordan Reed and not Dwelly. But, you know, we'll see. I don't feel great about it. But I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, the, now, the Rams, I don't start Goff. I don't start any of the running backs. But I do start Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And then I stay away from everybody else. I really do think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. But take it away, David. I think this is going to – I totally agree. It's going to be a lower-scoring game. And I'm not starting anyone. I'm not starting a I can't argue against 49er, it, really. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm starting a single Ram either. You, you do got to have some optimism about San Fran coming off the bye, and I do think a player, or maybe even two, has a decent fantasy game, but I couldn't tell you which one. If Raheem Mostert does play, how do we know how those RB touches are going to be split up? Right. Is Debo Samuel coming back? I mean, how, how are the wide receivers going to be split up? The only guy I'd consider for San Fran is Ayuk. If Debo Samuel's out, they seem like they kind of have nobody else to pass to. Ayuk has been – he's been solid. So I would start him if Debo's out. If Debo's playing, I don't touch anybody yeah. on the San Fran side of the ball. Yeah. I just don't like it, and I don't I don't like anybody for the Rams either because the first time they played, this was a low scoring game. Yeah. Jared Goff did throw for two touchdowns, but that that was his season low for passing yardage in that first game. He was 19 of 38, so 50 percent completion, not good. 
198 passing yards. Not good. It's not good. Not good for Robert Woods. It's not good for Cooper Cup, who, by the way, in that game, Cooper Cup, three receptions, 11 yards on nine targets. Week six against San Fran. I've been higher on Cup, um, and I know you have too. I've been higher on Cup than just about everybody in fantasy world. He looks a step, like maybe a half step slower this year. I don't know what it is. He just looks a little slower. I, I know we were both believers in Cooper Cup, mostly because we were completely anti-Tyler Higby. Which we were right about, huh? Victory lap on that one, right? Unfortunately, we were not right about Cooper Cup, though. Yeah, because correct. that touchdown to dependency that we kind of relied on him just being a touchdown scorer through those first two years, they've dried up. He's got two touchdowns this year, and that's where he was getting a lot of his value. And you know— They're- about Cooper Cup, and when I said a half step slower, I've noticed because I like to watch a lot. Of, I like the McVay offense, so I like to watch Rams games. Um, I've just noticed, like in in years past, he's caught this slant and just taken it up the field. This year, he's getting caught by the safety consistently. Like he'll have the open space. These would have been touchdowns last year. They're not touchdowns this year. I I just I don't know. I don't. It might be. It might be a different Cooper Cup, but it also might be Cooper Cup getting more attention now that sure. Brandon Cooks is gone and Josh Reynolds is not quite up to Brandon Cooks' level. It could be that they're attempting less passes per game, which they are. They're down about five passing attempts per game. Mm. So it's it's not good for the Rams passing offense. It's not good for Cooper Cup. Um, I don't really like any of these these guys this week at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like them against Tampa tonight. We'll see how they do. Hopefully, they can give us some reason. It's for a mystery optimism. to me. I, I keep I, to this day, like to now, even last week. Every day, I pick a different team in that spread. I, I don't know what we're going to get tonight, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure either, but I don't have a ton of faith in uh, Cooper Cup, especially against the Niners uh, in a matchup that he completely posted a, a dud in his first game. So I'm avoiding everybody all around in this matchup. All right, let me hit you with it. We got uh, San Francisco, according to Bavada, plus seven versus the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got? Seven's a lot of points in what we're both projecting to be a defensive game, divisional game. Niners coming off by. I'm going to take Niners in the points here. Yeah, I wrote down. Um, I wrote down basically Rams win by five. So I'll take the 49ers to cover the Rams to win the game. Uh, but I, I I think the defenses here are going to keep this game close on both sides. So I'll take the touchdown there. Uh, let's see. We got the Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We could be quick with this one, David, um, because Tampa Bay has not yet played the Monday Night Football game as of the time of this recording. We record these on Monday mornings. Just a reminder for the crowd. Uh, Kansas City coming off that big win um, yesterday against the Rams. Look, or, I'm sorry, the Raiders. The Raiders played a fantastic game. So although it was close or whatever, I know nationally they might be getting some heat about this and all that. Look, that was a hard-fought game. The Kansas City Chiefs offense um, I thought was sharp. The defense... Look, they gave up a lot of points, but the, the you got to give credit, man. The Raiders played a really nice game there, and the Kansas City Chiefs got off the field when they needed to. Tampa Bay, you know, this week is an enigma because, again, we haven't watched it yet. So we're going to see. I do like how Tampa Bay's defense matches up against Kansas City. This is I, I, this is more of just an intriguing matchup for me because I want to see how Kansas City— I think Tampa Bay's, Tampa Bay's defense is elite, and they play well in the pass game, and they play well in the run game. I want to see how Andy Reid attacks the defense, so I'm more intrigued by anything. Uh, let me get to the fantasy football projections. Of course, you start Mahomes. Um, Edward Zilera was impressed by. He's still keeping uh, Le'Veon Bell at bay. He's the more efficient running back, so I start him. Uh, let's see here. Daryl Williams, by the way, he should not be on the field in the two-minute drill, for crying out at loud. At any point. At Edwards, any point. You have Edward Zilera and Le'Veon Bell, and they have Daryl Williams in that game-winning drive on the field catching a pass. It's ridiculous to me, but whatever. Uh, let's see here. Um, Tariq Hill, you start. We'll see if Sammy Watkins is back. Reports at this point saying that he probably will play. 
Um, but either way, I'm going to stay away from the rest of the receivers for Kansas City because it's a roll of the dice, and I want to see what Watkins is going to do. I do like Watkins better moving forward, just not this week. Of course, Kelsey, you can start. Uh, Brady, I do believe, is a start. Ronald Jones will be a start, assuming, and this is all assuming that all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we're talking about here remain healthy through the Monday Night Football game. Um, Godwin's a start. I do think maybe... Um, Antonio Brown kind of breaks through in this Kansas City Chiefs game. Again, we don't know what he did against the Rams. And then at tight end, I'm, I'm kind of starting Gronkowski every week now. I think he's getting enough targets, enough red zone looks to be warranted every single week. Take it away, David. I'll tell you what, man. I'm glad to have Sammy Watkins back just so we can just never have to say Nicole Hardman's name ever yeah, again. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, the past couple of weeks, we finally start getting a little bit of reason for optimism. Start seeing a higher snap count, you know, putting together a couple of decent fantasy performances this past week coming out of the bye. Not only was he outsnapped by Demarcus Robinson, he was outsnapped by Byron Pringle, the chip man. Outsnapped by the chip man. That's not good. That's not good, guys. Baked, <laughs> baked chips, not oily chips. They don't leave the residue. Byron Pringle. Ugh. Either way, it's not good. I prefer Pringles to regular chips, for the record. Um, <laughs> Me too. Especially the sour cream and onion. Those those are delicious. I mean, that's probably the best sour cream and onion brand of any chip is the Pringles. There you go. And that that's not up for debate. Call that free <laughs> advertising. Free advertising for Pringles. I know. Pringles, uh, come give us a sponsorship. Don't, don't <laughs> um, Anyways, forget about me, Gall Hardman. Drop him. I mean, there's just n- nothing to be excited about for him. The Kansas City Chiefs is pretty clear start Tyreek Hill, you start Travis Kelsey, and now it's becoming, I would say, clear. Start Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I mean, we were concerned, obviously. And yeah, we were. Yeah. Reason for concern the past three games that Le'Veon Bell didn't see 10 rushing attempts in any of those three games with Bell. But this past week, 14 rushing attempts, two rushing touchdowns. This is a team that's going to continue to score touchdowns, probably going to start leaning on the run a little bit more as the weather starts to get a little bit colder. So CEH, he's still a must-start um, basically every week regardless of matchup. Uh, let me hit you with the line here. we got Kansas City minus 2.5 on the road versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we are assuming are fully healthy after the Monday night game. 2.5? I feel like every time I pick the Chiefs, they don't cover the spread this year. But then again, I feel like I've also been picking some of their bigger spreads, like the 13 and the 8 against the Raiders. So I'm going to take them because it's a smaller spread, but I don't feel great picking this game because the Chiefs have underwhelmed during the regular season this year. I'm staying away from this one. I mean, what, you know, David, one of my rules is I don't bet against, or usually one of my rules is I bet on Patrick Mahomes if the line is under 7 because of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I don't like I don't like the way the personnel matches up against the personnel of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this is a tough matchup game for them. I actually think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to quote unquote upset the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Um, so I wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I mean for pick's sake, I'm going to take Tampa Bay here, but I'm not betting on this. I will be watching with interest um, because yeah, and this is one of those games where you know you know I mean Kansas City it's going to be a challenge for them. So this whole team is going to be ready to test themselves. And when, when Kansas City is ready at that level, 
they tend to, you know, run through teams. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, pass through teams, I guess, right? But there, I, I, it's going to be an interesting one. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, last game to really kind of dig into uh, at a big level here, we have the Seattle Seahawks versus the Philadelphia Eagles, Monday Night Football. Philadelphia Eagles, interestingly enough, if they lose this game, they will drop out of first place in the East because the, the Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys play each other. Uh, so the winner of that game will be at 4-7, and seven, and the Eagles would drop to 3-7-1. and one. So the Eagles actually, 3-7-1, need this game to stay in first place. Seattle Seahawks coming off that big win. Now they're going on the road. It's going to be interesting. Uh, now, the Seattle Seahawks, to their credit, played the best defensive game of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. Is that a sign of things to come? I don't know. We've been waiting on the Seattle Seahawks defense to wake up. We'll see. Um, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles offense is struggling. This is the perfect opportunity for them to do it two weeks in a row and build some confidence. Fantasy football-wise, Russell Wilson's a start. We'll see if Carson's back. If he is, he's a start. If he's not, Hyde is the start. Uh, Lockett, Metcalf, start him. Um, and then even tight end, you can, you know, kind of pick your tight end. My feeling this week is it's going to be Disley. I know Hollister's been getting more snaps. Olsen's, um, I believe, out for the year. Oh, is he? Thank you. He thank had you for a that. serious injury as well. Not thank you for the injury, but thank you for the news. Um, Philadelphia, look, I have a great projection on Carson Wentz, but I had a nice projection on him last week, and he laid an egg. I'm out on Carson Wentz. I have a great projection on him, so if you want to take the risk in Daily Fantasy, by all means, I'm out on him. Uh, Miles Sanders is a start. Um, Fulgham is a start. Nice to see Dallas Goddard bounce back. I don't have a great projection on him, but I'm going to upgrade him to a start just because he's finally showing some signs of life in this offense. You can't make the argument that Richard uh, Rogers played better than him last week, which is good Richie because he Raji. could. Anyway, go ahead and take it away, David. That's just what me and my dad call Richie Rogers. We, we have a little bit of an ongoing <laughs> joke because uh, he, when he had he has he drafted Ertz and Goddard, and he wanted to play Richard Rogers when Goddard was out a few weeks ago. It's a Thursday night game. And I put him on. I'm like, oh, I don't know about Richard Rodgers. I guess. I mean, Goddard's out maybe. And I told him to pick up Dalton Schultz. Schultz did nothing. Richard Rodgers had like nine for 80 in a touchdown. So he, he teases me about Richie Rodgers basically uh, the past few weeks. But I'm going to talk about the Eagles here because, guys, this could be the last week we see Carson Wentz starting for this football team ever. Ever. Interesting. He has been – that bad this year. And I get it. I get it. The line's been decimated. He's been throwing to the players called up off the practice squad. But they are losing games. Carson Wentz has more games with two interceptions thrown than he does without. He's got six games this year with two interceptions thrown. He's got two with one and two with zero. So six with two and four with less than two. That's not good. If he's not getting it done against Seattle... If they lose this game, they have no justification to stick with him. You have Jalen Hurts, who you spent a high pick on. Your team is losing. Your quarterback is playing among the worst in the league. There's there's already chatters and rumors. You go on Twitter, you're going to see lots of people with who have sources. And again, you can never trust everyone who's got a source. But when you see 100 different people saying there's sources from Philadelphia saying there are players in the locker room, team captains, who are not satisfied with Carson Wentz continuing to be named the starter, where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. And if you need a quarterback, if you don't have your QB2, QB1 set in stone, you need to be adding Jalen Hurts this week, just in case. Because we talk about it, what happens with these running quarterbacks. Taysom Hill, we saw it this past week with Taysom Hill. You can be complete ass as a passer, which Taysom Hill was, by the way. 
complete ass as a passer. You're going to score fantasy points if you can run the ball. Yep. And Jalen Hurts, he can run the ball. So this is the time. This is your last chance because if Carson Wentz does get benched this week, I can guarantee you everybody in your league is going out and putting in a bid for Jalen Hurts next week. So if you want him on your team, you better make it a priority to go get him this week. Yep. Uh, let me hit you with the line here. we got Seattle minus five versus the Philadelphia Seattle. Eagles. Seattle. Uh, I By think, the way, yeah. one more thing. This was the game against Philadelphia last year that DK Metcalf emerged in. Mm. The game in the playoffs. I believe six for one for 30-something, what, two touchdowns? This was where DK Metcalf went crazy. So he's probably the must-start of the week in DFS this week against Philadelphia. I'm going to punt on this game as a better. I want to see what Seattle's defense is going to do. And Philadelphia now is a cornered, um, you know, a cornered animal that's uh, that's being hunted right now because they need it. I feel like they're going to keep it close. I think Seattle wins. I have this they as a. They needed it all year. Sean. I know, but now they're actually going to fall out of first place. You know, if they lose. I- I don't look. I have it as a field goal game. I don't feel good about it because I'm not going to bet on Carson Wentz ever to cover a spread. So I'm just not going to do it. I'll take Seattle. I'm sorry. I'll take Philadelphia as a pick, um, but I'm I'm not endorsing that by any means. All right, David. So um, my goal was first to get through all the games in an hour. We're at an hour and eleven, and we still got about half the games left. So here we go. We go back to the rapid fire. We're going to restart rapid the fire. week. Rapid fire. We got Thursday night. I'm sorry, Thursday. We got Thanksgiving Day. Houston Texans versus Detroit Lions. Quickly, you got Deshaun Watson. Start. Uh, uh, whoever the running back is for um, for Houston, start. You start Will Fuller. You start Cooks. I'm actually okay starting um, Cobb as well if he's available. I can't remember. He might be injured. You let me know, David. Detroit. Um, golly, man. That week of practice that uh, Stafford was out, that really hurt. Um, didn't play well. I don't start Stafford this week. I do start Swift. I do start if Galladay can go. I start him. TJ Hawkinson, I start nobody else. Uh, what do you think? I'll tell you what. <laughs> I really hope we get DeAndre Swift back this week because this is a cake matchup. We got the number one worst defense against fantasy running backs versus the number two worst defense against fantasy running backs. Detroit's the worst. Houston's the second worst. So DeAndre Swift, please, please be back. He's the only lion who matters at this point. He's... He's the only line who's ever mattered other than Kenny Galladay in my book. The Texans, Duke Johnson, if he can't do it against the number one fantasy matchup for running backs, he can't do it against anyone. Yeah. You start him one last time and you hope for the best. If not, you can you can let him loose. You can probably almost cut him yeah. because you don't you don't feel if you can't start him in the great matchup, when can you? So this will be a major telling point for Duke Johnson and, and his viability. Uh, Houston, we got line from Bavada. Houston minus two and a half versus Detroit. Who you got? Detroit's been awful, man. They've been awful. I'm going to take the Texans. Good for Houston covering last week. I'm going to take Detroit has just been like up and down, up and down, up and down. I think this is an up week and since they've been, they've been up down. against bad teams, though. Yeah. I'll take Detroit to cover. What the hell do I know? Um, this one, I'm going to stay away from it, and I suggest everybody else do the same. The other Thanksgiving game, we got the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys. If the Eagles lose against the Seattle Seahawks, which we believe the winner of this game will be at least tied for first place, we got the Giants as well versus the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And, uh, you know, tiebreakers, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. But record wise, a 4 and 7 team. Um, the division winner is going to get to four, four wins this week, unless everybody ties. Anyway, okay. 
to the projections. Uh, Alex Smith, I do like the way he's playing. I don't start him this week, though. Um, I actually start both Gibson and McKissick. I think you know the target share for McKissick in a PPR league is good enough, and Gibson's running well and getting into the end zone. Uh, Terry McLaurin, I start. You could get away, I would say, more daily fantasy with um, um, the other receiver there. Gosh, is it? I, I have Cam Sims in my head. Is that it? Is it Cam Sims? I, I feel don't like even a... know which Sims it is anymore. We started yeah. the season with Steven Sims, then it was Cam Sims. Now I think it's Steven again. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's Sims. Steven's Stevens. the one who caught the touchdown this past week. I know that. All right, so that's that about all I know. I don't really care about either. Logan Thomas is a start this week. Uh, <laughs> look, Dallas, we saw him before the bye. They gave Pittsburgh everything they could handle with Garrett Gilbert. Dallas comes out and play, he plays and wins against a streaking Minnesota Vikings defense. Suddenly they're interesting again. Maybe I'll air that segment where you and I uh, were, were so complimentary of Andy Dalton that I that I put on ice from a couple weeks ago, David. But, you know, let me see it another week in a row. Um, Andy Dalton is actually a startable player. Uh, if you play in Daily Fantasy on um, on Thanksgiving, he actually is probably my favorite value quarterback um, because the other ones are going to be so expensive. You got Ezekiel Elliott. Look, if the offensive line shows up for work and Dalton can play okay, then, you know, then they're there. Um, Ezekiel Elliott will have uh, value. The receivers, I like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I'm away from Gallup this week. Dalton Schultz will have more value if the offensive line can play enough and keep you know people out of Dalton's face all day. Take it away, David. Well, Dalton Schultz, he's been in my waiver wire article a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm surprised he's still out there because he's been the one cowboy who really hasn't been right. torn down from all the quarterback changes. And He's just been producing. He's been producing. He's playing more snaps than all three wide receivers. I, I got to check in on the snap counts this past week. I, I, I can't speak on that. But the week before, he led He led him in snaps, played more than Cooper, played more than Gallup, played more than CD. So he's on the field. These quarterbacks, they're check down quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, he's, he's a little bit of a check down quarterback. So I expect Dalton Schultz to continue being involved. This is a great Great game to have your Washington guys in, obviously. Mm -hmm. They had a good game the first time. Gibson, when he played him um, in week 7, 20 for 128 in a touchdown. So he's a must-start, obviously great in DFS. Terry McLaurin, the first time they played, 7 for 90 in a touchdown. I mean, you don't need me to tell you about Terry McLaurin. You know he's a stud. Logan Thomas, I guess. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I guess. I mean, every time I make a pitch for Logan Thomas, it goes bad. And then every time I forget about him, he starts playing well. It's kind of like the Cole Beasley effect, right? Right when you start talking about, like, the sneaky, uh, unappreciated production, it disappears. And then right when everyone's like, all right, yeah, I'm definitely never starting again. Well, he starts producing again. So it's a good matchup for Logan Thomas. That's all I, all I can really say on that. He's been He's been so inconsistent. But it's kind of like Schultz. He's always on the field playing 100% of the snaps. So I guess you can take a chance on Logan Thomas, I yeah. guess. Washington plus two and a half versus Dallas, who you got? I do not want to pick this game at all. I'm, I'm, I almost want to pick Dallas, though, on, on Thanksgiving just because crazy stuff happens on Thanksgiving. I have Dallas winning a close game, but I actually have this within two points, so I'm going to take Washington for now. I'm not going to bet this game. Next game on the list, we have two teams that will not be in the playoffs, the Carolina Panthers versus the Minnesota Vikings. I was disappointed in the Vikings. I thought they were going to um, beat the Cowboys, and I thought they were going to start putting some heat on the loser of the Tampa Bay-Los Angeles Rams game. Didn't end up happening. Fantasy-wise, I do believe Bridgewater will be out. They thought he could go if they needed to, but they you know, they didn't to, 
play him because they weren't really in contention. I think he will be back this week. He's a start. Um, whichever Carolina Panthers running back plays is a start. I like both. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson this week. Nobody else for the Panthers. For Minnesota, I'm away from Cousins, but a slam dunk start for Dalvin Cook. I have him as the number one rated uh, running back this week for good reason. Um, I do think that this week... Thielen is a start, and I'm hot and cold on Jefferson this week. I do like Jefferson in some matchups a lot. In fact, I had him in my lineup uh, last week against Dallas. This week, I might uh, you know put somebody like Pittman um, for Indianapolis in the lineup um, over him. But uh, basically, that's it for Minnesota. You can make an argument for, for uh, Irv Smith as well. Go ahead and take it away, David. I don't know if there's much of an argument to be made for Irv Smith. I mean, he's got, what, two two good games on the year, and, and one of them was a two-touchdown game with 10 receiving yards? Right. It, there's three guys who matter in Minnesota, and they matter a good chunk. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. You start them no matter what. It's it's pretty simple in Minnesota. You ride, you ride or die with those guys. If Thielen and Jefferson have a bad game, they have a bad game. It is what it is. On the other side, Detroit, uh, Carolina, excuse me, was looking at their opponent this past week. P.J. Walker, he, he kept them afloat. Yeah. <laughs> That's really really all we can ask for, for for a backup quarterback is that he kept them afloat. They won the game. DJ Moore, he was targeting the heck out of DJ Moore. Down the field, DJ had 7 for 127. Curtis Samuel, 8 for 70 in a touchdown. Robbie Anderson, 7 for 46. Only 2 for 15 to Mike Davis. So it's obviously one game, small sample size. But it looks like if P.J. Walker gets another start, which he probably won't because I, I heard that they were planning to activate Bridgewater and deactivated him last second this past week. But if he does get another start at any point, it looks like the wide receivers are a little bit more of the play than Mike Davis yeah. just because he he doesn't tend to check the ball down as much, or at least it didn't look like it this past game. So we got Carolina plus four versus Minnesota. Who you got? <sighs> Don't like it. Do not like it one bit. Give me the points in Carolina. I'm exactly the same way. I think uh, Minnesota wins by a field goal, so I'll take the points in Carolina. Next game, we got the Cleveland Browns seven and three versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, look, ja- Jacksonville. I love the way you say the Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, <laughs> the wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, their run game. Um, when they can get the run game going, the defense is playing fantastic football. I, I like them. Jacksonville Jaguars. Eh, eh. Anyway, uh, Jaguars. The Jaguars. Jaguars. Look, I'm from Florida, man. I'm from Central Florida. We call them the Jaguars. That's, that's, that's what we call them. Jaguars. You're a real-life Florida man. I, I am know. I am a real-life Florida man. I live in Illinois, though, because I don't want to be a quote-unquote Florida man. Uh, let's see. Cleveland. Um, Baker Mayfield, I actually think, is a start this week. Go figure. I don't always have that projection in there. Uh, you start both running backs here. I don't really like any of the receivers. I have start grades on a couple of them, but I just don't know what's going to happen um, with the Cleveland. So I'm just going to stay away from that volatility. You could do better on waivers, I think. Uh, Austin Hooper, I like this week a lot. For the Jaguars, I'm going to take uh, James Robinson and honestly nobody else. I have a great start grade on uh, DJ Chark. I have a great start grade on uh, on either Luton or, or, or Gardner Minshew, but I'm not going to play him. I don't like it. So it's really James Robinson and nobody else for me for the Jaguars. What do you think, David? Yeah, I mean, if James Robinson can do it against the Steelers yeah. in a game where his quarterback was dominant, what, his quarterback, what did he throw, four interceptions? Four, yep. He can do it against anybody. And I feel like a bit of an idiot. I'm going to be honest. I I feel like an idiot because I was endorsing trade away James Robinson. In redraft specifically. In redraft. Yep. 
and it still could be validated because they faced Baltimore, Chicago, their past two, their last two weeks, I should should say, mm-hmm. in fantasy playoffs. Still could be validated, but right now James Robinson is just he's a truck man, and that guy runs so hard it doesn't matter the matchup. I expect they'll probably feed him in that Baltimore game and that Chicago game as well. So if you held on to James Robinson, if you didn't panic and you just you looked at the production and you didn't freak out, good for you because uh, I, I traded him away in just about every redraft league I had him in. I only got him in one redraft league left. Browns, it's pretty clear. You know what to do. You start Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, nobody else. Yep. Jarvis Landry, man, I mean, what round is he going to be drafted in next year in redraft leagues? Like the 12th? Yeah. He's behind Nicole Hardman in in total fantasy points scored this year. Jarvis Landry. Wow. And we talked about how awful Nicole Hardman's been. Jarvis Landry doesn't have a single touchdown. How how, how much do you think we're going to hear about that positive touchdown regression for Jarvis Landry all offseason? Yeah, right, right. right. How he's a great buy-low candidate. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of that. I ain't buying low. I ain't, I ain't buying low. I'm sorry, Jarvis Landry. You were one of my, one of my guys in, in the heart of your career. You ain't my guy anymore. And I, it's the Cleveland Browns offense. Baker Mayfield, he's trash. They they don't they don't pass the ball enough. I mean, until he's out of Cleveland, I have zero interest in Jarvis Landry at any point in drafts next year. I'll find someone with upside to draft in the tenth, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round before I take a chance on Jarvis Landry again as a Cleveland Brown. If you're, uh, if you're the, honestly, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you could just switch to the super analytics stuff and just play four down Trade football, him. play four Trade down football Jarvis and hand Landry. the ball off every play to either Hunt or Chubb. That's, Trade that's how Cleveland wins. And feature Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Chubb 50. needs more touches. 60 touches a game for those two guys. I agree. I agree with you, four, man. Four pass attempts a game, maybe 10 for Baker Mayfield, not more than that. I, I don't think teams beat the Browns if they if they make sure that both of those guys get twenty touches a game every single game. Seriously, I just don't I don't see it happen. Teams cannot stop that run game. Uh, but I hit you with the line here: Cleveland minus six and a half versus Jacksonville. Who you got? Six and a half. I don't think Cleveland's defense is good enough to cover that. So I'm going to take Jacksonville. I don't love it, but I'm going to take Jacksonville. I'm going to take the Browns. In this spread, um, I just don't like the Jaguars at all. Um, you know what they're going to be doing this season. So, uh, so Cleveland. I, I I do think Luton has been better than than people give him credit for, and I think the the falling apart against Pittsburgh was easy to predict. So yeah. I don't think Cleveland's defense has what it takes to to do that to Luton. We got the New York Giants versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow out for the year. That sucks. Sucks for him. Mixon is always like a will-he-won't-he start. Giants off a bye week. I think they're playing good football. Um, at this point, I think I think Philadelphia, who leads the division, is the worst team in that division. The Giants are going to win this game. Uh, I'll just hit you with fantasy football projections. Uh, we'll see at running back. I'm with you, David, though. I, I like Gallman going there to have the most value. Um, I think you can start Slayton this week. I think you could start Ingram, but I don't like anybody else that includes Daniel Jones. Cincinnati, because of the um, because of the quarterback situation there, I'm not going to start anybody in Cincinnati. Um, you could, you know, certainly start Tyler Boyd based on volume, but uh, there I am. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati give up on that team. I, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. <sighs> I guess you start them for a week and see what happens, but really, I mean, look for better options. Just, it's going to be hard trusting them with Ryan Lindley under center for the rest of the year, no, no matter what. On the other side, I, I like the Giants this week. I think you start all your Giants, including Daniel Jones. I mean, we talk about Wayne Gallman. 
He's got a touchdown in four straight games. He's got a reception in four straight games. He is RB1 over the past month in points per game. So I love Wayne Gallman this week, especially you got to expect the Giants to be winning this game, to be playing from ahead a little bit. So, I mean, Wayne Gallman's bordering on must-start territory this week. Daniel Jones, I like him too. I think there's going to be a chance for both uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton to have big games. The Bengals are just not a good defense. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 13th in fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks. So right in the middle a little bit. Um, but again, we've had we've seen them get torched. I, I believe Baker Mayfield had a five-touchdown game against mm. the Bengals. So I'm starting all my Giants across the board. Slayton, Ingram, Shepard. Gallman, Daniel Jones, I'm starting him with confidence. Uh, we have Especially the, coming off the bye. Especially coming off the bye. Speaking of that, we have the New York Giants minus 5.5 for Cincinnati. Who do you have? I'm taking I'm taking the Giants. Giants all day. Um, yeah. Cincinnati losing their quarterback. Um, they're still going to try to throw the ball 80 times a game. I'm going to take, uh, take the Giants. We have the New Orleans Saints versus the Denver Broncos. Both teams coming off of wins. Let me just get you with the fantasy stuff right now. Um, Taysom Hill, I think he's a startable quarterback. I think he's a slam dunk at tight end if you play in ESPN, for crying out loud. If that lasts for another week, if they're smart, they'll revoke that. I bet I, it's ESPN. I bet you all that software coding is done. I bet they won't do it. I think. I think whatever. It, it's so cheap. I actually am the commission in my league. I tried to pick him up just so that nobody could start him at tight end and screw with it. Thankfully, the guy who's in last place in the league, he's not going to make the playoffs anyway. He can still do some damage to the to the seeding of the playoffs and maybe you know play spoiler. But at least he's not going to torque up the playoffs. It's ridiculous. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet on them revoking it because I saw some stuff on on Twitter when they announced. It that he was tight end eligible uh, for this week. I saw it was either Mike Clay or Matthew Barry who said, we reserve the right to revoke this in the future. So I, I don't yeah. see how they would not revoke it when he played the entire game at quarterback. And it's ridiculous. None at tight end. It doesn't make sense that he was tight end eligible in the first place mm. because you look at his snap counts from last year, he lined up as a wide receiver almost twice as often as a tight end. Why was he not given wide receiver eligibility instead? Like, yeah. it was just a terrible move from the start. I, I fully expect them to revoke it this week. Yeah, yeah. And if I if I'm a league commissioner, I I completely respect a commissioner's role just to tell whoever owns um, Taysom Hill that you can't start him at court at, at tight end. It's 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 just an. I mean, it's it's stupid. It's stupid. But let's just move on with the with the projections. I disagree on that though because I'm firmly in the camp that. The rules that start the season are the rules that end the season. And you yeah, don't do you usually, don't do midseason rule changes based on how you feel, based on how the majority feels, because it opens up uh a can for of worms. future. For yeah, it opens up a can of worms and you don't you don't wanna get into the habit of making mid season rule changes, even if they make sense. He yeah. was tight end eligible to start the year. He's he's tight end eligible as long as the platform allows it. If you picked him up last week as a tight end, you shouldn't be punished, you know, because you made the right move. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Kamara's a start. Uh, let's see. Mike Thomas is a start. I stay away from everybody else just because there's. I think there's too much consolidation. I think that you know they have a nice game, but just too much consolidation. Denver. I actually liked your lock um, this week. Um, you know, especially in the fourth quarter <laughs> because that's usually his best quarter. Uh, Melvin Gordon gave us the Melvin Gordon special where he fumbles on the goal line. That's his favorite play. Um, Melvin Gordon, like you know, it doesn't matter what he does. The one thing you can count on from fantasy point of view is he's going to fumble on the goal line. 
As speaking to somebody who's had him for like five or six years, he's going to get there. He's going to get hit at the line of scrimmage and he's going to roll around and he's just going to hold the ball like this. He's going to hold the nose of the ball like this and try to put it over the goal line. Freaking fumbler. Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, sorry, I got myself <laughs> sidetracked. Uh, Tim Patrick's a start. I actually like, uh, you know, Noah Fant um, um, is a start as well this week. Take it away. You know, I don't really care about any Denver Broncos, to be honest. The yeah. running backs have been such a headache. But I do think you named the one guy who's worth caring about. And, again, Jerry Judy a little bit too. Tim Patrick, guys, he missed the game. But look at the games he's played since Cortland Sutton's been out. Four for 43 a touch. Six for 113 a touch. Four for 101. Three for 44. Four for 29 a touch. Four for 61. Five for 119. I'm going to read those fantasy points. 14, 25, 16, 7, 12, 10, 18. That's a fantasy starter. And he, he ain't owned in hardly any leagues. He, you know, he's he's not sexy. I'll give you that. And you're not going to ever feel good plugging Tim Patrick into your starting lineup. But deeper leagues, he's got utility. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let me answer the line here, man. We got uh, New Orleans minus six versus Denver. I'm taking New Orleans. I mean, they, they played well against Atlanta. Taysom Hill's doing enough. He's... I am worried that he could turn the ball over as a passer and that yeah. at some point we're going to get maybe something we're not expecting from a Taysom Hill offense. But right now, they're doing enough. They're, they're, they're playing well enough, and Hill's not turning the ball over, so I'm going to take it at New Orleans. Look, I think Denver is underrated. I think they'll have a nice game plan. The reason I'm going to take New Orleans as well is when Breeze is out of the lineup, the defense that has talent everywhere wakes up, and they play up to their potential. I think the defense is going to take it on their shoulders and put together a really nice game. I, I do. So I think that the uh, the Saints will um, will prevail against the spread and in the game for that matter. Last game for us to touch on before waivers, David. We got the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Chicago coming off a bye. Look, let me just say this. I don't know that there's a single Bear I would start. Um, I know that they're you know the running game running game you know the Green Bay Packers give up yards and all that stuff. I just don't feel good about anybody. You can make the argument to start in running back in, in Chicago. Um, I think Montgomery is dealing with some injury stuff. I don't know if he'll be back. You clean that up, David. Uh, Green Bay, on the other hand, um, Chicago Bears defense is good. I would start the Bears defense even against the Packers. I do think, in spite of that, um, I think Aaron Rodgers has kind of a lower game. I think Aaron Jones has the better of the game. I think it'll be more of a running game. Even though I wouldn't start Aaron Rodgers this week, I would start Devontae Adams. Uh, I think Lazard is going to be more and more integrated, and Valdez Scantling will be less and less integrated. So I'm going to stay away from both of them while that works itself out. Tanyan, I think, will be the most consistent secondary pass receiving option this week. So I would start Tanyan and, again, stay away from Valdez Scantling and um, uh, Alan Lazard. What do you think, David? I'll tell you what, you're right. The only Bears player you should feel comfortable starting is Alan Robinson. But if you got David Montgomery on your team and you haven't traded him away, you kept him for this reason, for this pl- this stretch <laughs> right. stretch matchup of schedule. Oh, I said that completely wrong. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, stretch run. Yeah, there you go. Clean me up a little bit. Packers this week, obviously everybody knows how awful they've been. Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Those are the three friendliest running back matchups in a row. Green Bay, Detroit, and Houston. In a row, he gets one, two, and three in terms of the easiest matchup. So if you have him on your team, I don't see how you don't start him right. during those matchups. But if you have him on your team, what, what were you doing, guys? Like, you, you should have been not drafting him or trading him based off of this schedule and trying to pitch it on someone else. 
I don't like David Montgomery. I don't expect him to do anything crazy, even in the plus matchups. You look at what he did against Carolina, who was number one matchup when he faced them. He had 19 for 58, no touchdowns, four receptions, 39 yards, 13 points. So his great matchups equals like an RB2 week. It's, it's nothing to get thrilled about. If you have RB depth, don't be afraid to sit him in these good matchups because, like we said, it's it's probably RB2 ceiling even when he plays well. Yeah. Uh, we have the Chicago Bears plus 7.5, according to Bovada versus Green Bay. Who do you got? I think both of these teams are defensive-minded. Bears coming off the bye. And I want to say the Bears to cover the spread, but, God, their offense is so bad. Yeah. I'm going to take Green Bay. I think they will. I think they'll do enough to, to beat that spread. Green Bay, after a loss, is always very tough to play. At home, off a loss, they need the win. I'm going to take Green Bay to cover there. Um, Chicago needs the win, too, but, yes, but uh, I'm going to take Green Bay. <laughs> Let's switch it. We got fantasy football waiver wire players to target week 11. So we got uh, the week 11 waiver wire. Um, so let's just start, try to do the two name thing and clean it up a little bit after that. Quarterbacks, why don't you give me one that you like? Well, it's obviously got to be Taysom Hill. Like if he wasn't claimed in your leagues, and I think not just as a tight end, he's he's pretty much a must start as a quarterback right now too. We talk about it, you run the ball. Timmy Tebow, he scored them fancy points. He couldn't yeah. pass. He, he was an ass passer too. So, yeah. hey, you run the ball, you're, you're a fantasy starting quarterback. Um, you know, I still like Tua. Um, Dalton, who we talked about weeks ago, showing a little bit of signs of life with Dallas. I mean, I don't love anybody outside of this week. Derek Carr is available on waivers for a lot of people. I like the matchup uh, for the Raiders. Who are they playing again? Oh, the Atlanta Falcons. That's probably my favorite kind of plug-in. Plus, he's playing well enough to play forward. Phillip Rivers is another one as well. He's just playing so well lately. You got any more you want to mention? Yeah, just we got to preface it with the fact that this is just an awful, awful, horrible waiver week. There's just nothing out there. It's brutal. So... (laughs) Don't 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 get too excited about this episode, this little waiver wire segment, because we're gonna pitch guys who are probably deeper league ags, and that's yeah. guys like Philip Rivers, who we talked about earlier. The passing attempts are way up, 33, 44, 33, 43, 39, and 36 attempts last six games after having less than 30 in three of the first four. He's got three, three, one, and three passing touchdowns. His last four playable matchups obviously weren't playing him against Baltimore. Right. Then he, he faces Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston the next four weeks. All great matchups, and they're all basically weatherproof matchups. We don't have to worry about you know some of these other late season guys who might have a good matchup that's in a terrible weather condition. So sure. I think Philip Rivers is is going way under the radar. He's the 32nd most rostered quarterback in ESPN right now, which is unbelievable. Don't think of Phillip Rivers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars from week one, uh, David. You know, Rivers is really putting on a display in the last couple of weeks. He's acclimated to the to the offense and all that stuff, so it's good. Uh, running backs, you got any on the list that you like? <sighs> Wayne I have, Ballman. I have one. I have one for you that I know you're going to like. James White. He's available in 70%, bro. 70%. Rex Burkhead out for the season. James White, they're going to wheel him back out. He's going to play. McKissick's still available. Gallman, I like, like you mentioned. Devontae Booker. I like Gallman more than White just because Gallman is the guy. He's the workhorse for the Giants right now. Where White, we still don't know 
any given week if they're just going to say, hey, we're going to lean on Cam Newton and, and Damian Harrison to run this week and we're not going to get you involved. Because that still happens, even without Burkhead. Yeah. Who knows? Sony Michelle's back, you know. The Patriots, they, they'll find, they can find ways to just frustrate us. And every time we think, oh, running back's a good play, he might not be. So I like Gallman more than White. I still think Ahmed, yeah. he faces the Jets this week, Cincinnati next week. Even if uh, we get Miles Gaskin back this uh, the following week, he's right. probably not going to play a full snap game full, full week. Yep, agreed. Um, and, and McKissick, I think I mentioned, but he's still available in enough leagues. And if you're in a PPR league, he gets a lot of targets. And White, I would only pick up in a PPR league. Um, specifically. I think Carry On too. Uh, we're talking about how brutal these matches are. In fact, right. I'm talking about Carry On Johnson. Faces Houston. He got the receiving work. If if DeAndre Swift misses another game, it's a Thanksgiving Day matchup. We know crazy stuff happens on Thanksgiving sometimes. Houston matchup. Could be a lot of points. I think Carrion's got some potential as a spot start. Yep. Well, let's move on to wide receiver. Who, if you're looking for, you know, flex plays and all that, I'm looking at wide receiver this week and less about running back. I like White as a flex. Um, you know, James White because of that consolidation we we're just talking about. But in terms of wide receiver, I'm going to say it again. He leads my list at wide receiver again. Is Michael Pittman Jr. Um, you know, I think you should have picked him up a couple weeks ago. Didn't have a great game in terms of catches yesterday, but did get in the end zone, so he still had a nice score. Um, going back to that Tennessee matchup where he kind of broke out, so I like him quite a bit. What about you? He's at the top of my list as well. Right below that, I have Jalen Rager, mm-hmm. who I haven't. I've cooled on a little bit, but I'm still. I still believe in Jalen Rager. I still believe he can provide value in a redraft format this year. He's been decent. Hasn't had the blow up game, but he has had a very solid floor. When especially you exclude his first ever game, only one reception, 55 yards. He's been, I believe, up above eight fantasy points in every every single game. I believe he had nine this past week. He gets Seattle. You get Seattle this week, guys. If, if there's a matchup to target, it's obviously Seattle. They've also been burned by slot receivers. Jalen Rager, um, he's going to get a little bit more in the slot. Uh, and if, we talked about it before, if J- uh, Jalen Hurts comes in and replaces Carson Wentz, we don't know that he's not going to be a better passer. And I know he's not known as being a passer. He's been known as more as being a scrambler. Carson Wentz has been brutal. Talk about it. More games with two interceptions thrown than games with without two interceptions Jeez. thrown. The, the yardage has not been very high for him the past few weeks. He's been decent as a fantasy quarterback. But if Jalen Hurts comes in, who knows? Maybe he prefers Jalen Rager to Travis Fulgham. Who knows? I think Rager's got by far the most upside of any wide receiver that's still widely available. Other guys I like, Corey Davis is back at around the 50% line for some reason. I like Corey Davis. Um Cole Beasley, people forget about him on the bye week, but he's been really consistent, especially if you're a PPR. You could probably slot or um, uh, flex him out. Tim Patrick, who we talked about, he's available in a ton of leagues. He's very consistent. Again, like if you need a flex play, you're looking for some consistency there. These guys are going to get you, you know, about 10 points a game and could, if getting in the end zone, could get you a little bit more. Anybody else on your list there? You know, I'll just say if you're picking up any of these guys and you're a playoff team, congrats to you for making the playoffs and needing some of these guys because wow if if you're yeah. if you're going into the playoffs with them i have denzel mims mm. uh listed who's had four for 42 two for 42 four for 62 and three for 71 in his first four games he gets seattle week 14 again if if denzel mims is your starter in week 14 and you're in the playoffs congrats to you you did a heck of a job managing your team yeah but that's really that all that's out there guys there's not a whole lot left on the waiver wire 
Hey, we've been talking for weeks about how we love the waiver wire. Say, pick up some of these guys. A lot of people listened or, uh, or you know, just independently picked them up because yeah, it's it's a little paltry this week. I like the defense finally, but everybody else. Uh, but let's talk about tight end um, again. you uh, he's right at about the sixty-ish percent line, but Dallas Goddard gets in the end zone. Uh, he's there. Robert Tanyan, Dalton Schultz are interesting. Anybody you like? You, you named them. It's clear at this point. It's because the only tight ends who make the list are the, are the only ones who actually caught the ball this past week. Like, <laughs> yeah. To make a list, you just look, oh, who had a catch at tight end? Oh, he had a catch, he had a mm. catch, he had a catch, and he had a catch. That's four of them. That's about it. Like I had Tanyan as well. Tanyan, I should say, who he's returned a little bit. We don't know how much that ankle injury was hindering him for a few weeks there. He's He's got upside. He's got t- touchdown upside, and he's got – one of the highest ceilings of any tight end. So when you're taking chances here, we're getting down into the fantasy playoffs. You want that ceiling. Yep. You know, you want to play to win. And Robert Tunyon is that guy that can help you play to win a guy who's a little bit safer. If you have um, a better all around roster and you're not really relying on your tight end to score you a ton of points. It's that guy you mentioned before. That'd be Dalton Schultz mm-hmm. right now. He is uh, a top 12 tight end. He's a tight end one but he's only rostered in like 25% of leagues. Talk about how he hasn't been negatively affected by that quarter, quarterback change nearly as much as Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Ezekiel Elliott have. He's got four for 35, two for 22, six for 53, four for 48, and then four for 25 and a touchdown this past week against Minnesota. So he's been decent minus that two for 22 against Washington. He's got you at least seven and a half PPR fantasy points, which doesn't sound crazy for any other position, but for the tight end, it, it, it can get the job done. And then he's he's also got Cincinnati Week 14, so that's a big playoff matchup that he can probably help get you through that first round. Um, you know, other we also talked about Indianapolis tight ends, whoever your favorite one is for that week, especially against Tennessee this week. I think they have a chance to get you in the end zone. Defense and special teams, unlike the last couple of weeks, I actually like two of the matchups here, but why don't you lead with your first? <sighs> I'll be honest, I, I, I skip the defense and special teams here. <laughs> I, I don't include them in my waiver wire article. So it always takes to the end of the episode here, like, oh, yeah, shoot, we're doing <laughs> special teams and defense. So I'll let you take it away on this one, and I'll let you own this second. Two, two, two prime matchups um, to stream this week if you need to stream defense. New York Giants coming off a of bye week. New York Giants strength of their team is the defense, and they have a Cincinnati Bengals team who is going to their backup quarterback, and it's the Bengals. Even when they go to the backup quarterback, they're going to be throwing the ball 50 times because that's what they do. A lot of chances for turnovers there, a lot of chances for sacks, even if they give up points, and I don't think the Bengals will score that many points. Even if they give up points, the Giants will be able to make it up more on those things. And we also mentioned before, we got the New Orleans Saints versus the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos aren't the sexiest offensive team. With Drew Brees out, that defense, man, they have talent. Their big issue is they don't always step up and play to their ability but with Breeze out we saw it last year with Bridgewater quarterback we saw it last or I'm sorry yesterday with Taysom Hill quarterback they'll play you'll get sacks they'll uh, make the team one-dimensional which means Drew Locke's gonna have to throw the ball they're not gonna get a lot to run so they're again sacks and interceptions two teams off the waiver wire that uh that you could start and actually they could be difference makers on your team this week if you need a win so uh and that's all i got let me let me hit on that because now that i look at some of the matchups this is a great week to be in the stream defense yep. uh group and not one of those guys who has like a, a steelers baltimore who's just kind of stuck plugging them in and then to say that's a bad thing but there's some 
there are a lot of good matchups this week. You already mentioned some of them, but I'll talk about the Browns. They face Jacksonville, who Luton just threw four interceptions. We know they're going to run the ball, slow that game down, limit the amount of plays Jacksonville can run. Um, you talked about the Saints against Denver. Talk about the Giants against Cincinnati. Giants have been an underrated defense this mm-hmm. year. Ryan Lindley, uh-uh, uh-uh, he ain't it. Yeah. He ain't it for sure. So there's going to be some points for the Giants defense to score there. Um, talk about the Cardinals defense. Cam Newton, he's 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 hit or miss. And if he's miss, they fall behind against the Cardinals and they have to pass their way back into it. That that That's going to mean some sacks, possibly some turnovers, some interceptions. I think they're a nice stream this week. Packers against Chicago. Talk about how bad Chicago offense. They're another good stream. We have um, down a little bit further. We have even the Cowboys against Washington. We'll see. I like both of those teams. Washington yeah. completely destroyed them the first one. But I think the Cowboys even had a decent um, game the first time. Then if you go down a little bit further, Texans in Detroit, Bengals against Giants. It could be both of those defense play well. So you got a lot of options if you're streaming this week. Yep, agreed. Um it's a long episode, David, but we had 16 games and it's crunch time, so we gotta we gotta talk about it. I think that calls it. I think that's a show. You got anything else to talk about with, to uh, with the crowd before we head out? Oh, please, good lord, let the Ravens win this week. I'm begging, <laughs> good. I'm begging you. Make it a or happy let Thanksgiving. Let Brown score at least. Give me one or the other. Give me <laughs> one or the other. Everybody out there, hey man, uh, stay safe. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll catch you again next week. Playoff season, baby. We got to get there. Talk to you then. Thanks, everyone.